Yes, I am. Because I'm ready. Because I am proud and I am out there. What are you getting? Well, I'm getting a bounce. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lightness within it as well. Interesting. Yeah. You know, just, honey, it's a yeah. very tricky color, and I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. Terry and I worship an unconventional deity, the power of another dimension. Now, you're not going to read about this dimension in a book or in a magazine or uh, in a newspaper uh, because it doesn't exist anywhere except in my own mind. Well, good afternoon. Good. This uh, is the David Allen Show. Oh, episode, episode, afternoon. episode twenty. It, it is the big two zero. I I'm just confused because I I'm I I've I've been gone for so long that I, I I don't even know where to start. Right. I've forgotten. Twenty. That's five. Wow. Basically five months. Pretty close. That's <clears throat> nuts. So we might as well start out with some fantastic news from the Hill. Uh, Capitol Hill hijacked. That's right. We have a Fox News alert to tell you about breaking overnight. There was chaos on Capitol Hill. And look at these images. Tempers boil over. I thought he was going to say idiots. House Democrats stage a gun control sit-in and then break out in kind of a Broadway musical. Exactly. <sighs> was there dancing? We shall... Oh, I recall that uh, Broadway oh, yeah. musical. Let's get uh, the genius. Uh, let's get right to Garrett Tenney, who's live in Washington, D.C., not on Periscope, like that footage was. Good morning, Which that Steve alone Ryan. is fascinating. Because Ryan, <laughs> adjourned Congress, go home here in recess, go home, come back after till the 6th, I think. July 6th, you can come back. Because these Democrats thought it would be cool to act like four-year-olds and stomp their feet and sit down and suck their thumb and cry on the stinking house floor. Yeah. Over something that they have as an issue, but how many other issues have they not done sit-ins for? What yeah. is this? Yeah. The Wisconsin capital? De definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so Ryan kicked him out. Go home, shut down everything. Um, the the house cameras were not allowed to be on to record it. To to. So uh, then, what's the point? So then they started doing it on Periscope on their phones. So C-SPAN was either they were just watching these people, so they were jacking these feeds to to put it out there. Horrible video and audio. You know what I wish what? they would have gotten a fist fight. But they should have had a big brawl. Here's, but here's the the truth. The These truth are all is, old old people that don't know anything. Yep, and they're all going to get reelected. Arrogant piece. Okay, they're all going to get reelected this uh, next November. They could do. They could. They could uh, juggle baby seals and then club them afterwards, and they'd still get reelected yeah. this November. <clears throat> There's no the it it, it mm -hmm. yeah that's our political system. It's interesting. It it kind of reminds me of uh, you know when you go to a uh, a store 
and there's that one kid who's screaming and acting like an atrocious little monster, and then the mother runs after him. He completely controls this relationship. He can scream <laughs> and do whatever, and so... Because uh, uh, when was the last time you saw a, a Republican, uh, a uh, an adult, actually an do adult something like that? Stage a sit-in. Yeah. You know, in this protest, it's not even over. After nearly 19 hours, there are still a handful of Democrats on the House floor, and they say they are refusing to leave until House Speaker Paul Ryan schedules a vote on gun control reforms. This protest well, they're going to okay, be there till exactly. all through the night with more than 200 Democrats <laughs> at one point on the floor yelling, chanting and singing all while Republicans tried to move ahead with other pieces of legislation. You can tell from this video, though. That oh, was there's funny. Nancy Pelosi clapping. Pursuant to the order of the House of June 8, 2016, the unfinished business is further consideration of the veto message of the president on House Joint Resolution 88. <laughs> Particularly in this election year, the politics of this protest are inescapable. In the wake of the Orlando shooting, That's all it is. gun control it's is politics. a winning issue oh, for them. Yes, and the Democratic is. Congressional Campaign Committee is already using this protest for fundraising. Really? As Democrats are hoping to carry Debbie this Blabbermouth issue Schultz. all the way through the election. Give us a vote! <laughs> Let us vote! We came here to do our job! We came here to work! Rise when it's your up, issue, Democrats. yes. Rise up, go. Americans. This cannot stand. We really? will occupy this. Floor. Oh, uh, occupy. They're we using no words. They're using the be... stinking Occupy Wall Street people. Mm -hmm. They hijacked that. Or, mm -hmm. or, or. Yeah. The whole thing was theirs to begin with. Okay. Denied a right to vote. House Speaker Paul Ryan dismissed the protest as nothing more than a publicity Kinda. stunt and said there will be no vote on these gun control measures. That's largely because the Senate has already just, just ran them down. The Senate just voted on them and killed them. The mm -hmm. Senate voted all of them down. And so what in the world is the point of the House now trying to vote on these same bills? Same measures. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is nothing more than a publicity stunt. That's point number one. Point number two is this bill was already defeated in the United States Senate. And right. This is not a way to try and bring up legislation. Democrats say they will stay there on the floor until a vote is scheduled, but Good. if Paul Ryan's words are no any kidding. Let's let them. They may be there a while. Thank yeah, you. Really. Yes. Just don't soil the carpet, okay? Too late. They're sitting on it. It's oh. done already. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I... Yeah. So a sit-in, really? Adults? Adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, oh, Elizabeth Warren, or as... You know, Pocahontas. What? what <laughs> why? Because she's that old or? No, she's a senator. Who? Elizabeth Warren. Oh, oh Pocahontas. Pocahontas. Yes, 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 yes. Um, she brought them all donuts today. <clears throat> she came in. Hey, I'm here. I've got donuts. And they all cheered. And she's so good. There's she came in. They've down. They voted down the bills in her body of Congress. And so now she's coming in to play the game. What? Utter nonsense. Uh, is this changing anybody's mind? Is this... I don't know how it could. I don't know how it could either. I... <laughs> I, I don't get it at all. Um, yep, don't get it. Nope. <clears throat> <laughs> Representative Elizabeth Etsy tweeted, 12 hours in, we're ready to stay the night. 
Okay. Okay. In parentheses. Thanks to my staff for the sleeping bag. Hashtag hold the floor. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's see. Uh... Now I did see some comment earlier for, on a different thread that someone said, you know what? I appreciate that they're doing this. I think they're nuts, but they, for whatever reason, decided this was the time for them to step up on an issue and, and stomp their feet. Can you imagine if Republicans actually did this to get something done? And um, the Democrats had the majority in that. In oh, man, yeah. yeah. Oh, they would be ridiculed and mm-hmm. just ripped apart. Of course, yeah. But if they did do that, wouldn't that show some spine and backbone? So maybe this is a good thing. Maybe they're showing that they've got spine. Except there's now a new hashtag coming out. And I, oh, what is it? Let me find it. It's like you, you, want you didn't, no, basically you didn't sit for fill in the blank. Oh, yeah. And so now people are throwing out that you didn't sit in to stop the Patriot Act. You didn't sit in to stop the war in Iraq. You didn't sit in to stop, you know, all of our troops being sent off to die. You didn't sit in to stop the Flint, Michigan water issue. You didn't sit in to stop fracking, all these things. So what in the world? Why this? Why now? Yeah. Interesting. It is. And I don't get the, uh, because uh, that, that shooting in Orlando, that's two narratives Hitting head on. Oh yeah, we should go into that. We didn't talk about that last yeah, week. That's uh, that's Islam. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is Islam, one of the sacred cows. Uh, uh, you you mean of the Democrats? Of the Democrats, yeah. or I I would say I'm not going to liberals, uh, progressives. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> because being liberal is a good thing if it's uh, lowercase L rather than bigger. Case L because liberals, uh, liberal values are things like freedom of speech, um, having independent thought. Um, well, they don't embody any of these. No, no, of course they don't. Oh, okay. Of course they don't. Um, and well, so many of the Republicans, neither do a lot of the Republicans. True. Um, <clears throat> so it, they've hijacked that term, but they've hijacked how many terms? Like tolerance, they've hijacked that. They've hijacked the term gay. Yeah. Um, they've hijacked the term queer. Um, I mean, there's so many terms that they've hijacked for their own purposes. <clears throat> uh, but you have Islam going head to head with homosexuality, and both of those are sacred cows for progressives. And uh, both of them are uh, are actually um, uh. Yeah, they're sacred cows, but where, what do you do when two sacred cows hit head on? <laughs> when they actually are fighting? Yeah. So so then the issue isn't Islam. The issue isn't homosexuality. All of a sudden it becomes guns. Mm-hmm. You got you to gotta, uh, divert people's attention away from, um, away from their sacred cows. <clears throat> it's, just, it's just strange to me that they would use this as the pretext to try to disarm America, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Uh, a radical Muslim who goes in and kills 50 people and supposedly kills 50 people. Um, how many of those people actually got shot by, by law enforcement? Cops. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> or whatever. And I, I think they're just grasping at straws, whatever comes their way, they're going to, they're going to try to use it. The only thing is, you know, 
the average gun owner understands um, the average gun owner will not use their weapon to try to harm another person, but maybe to protect a person, another person. And that, not even average. 99.99% of all gun owners are responsible adults. Mm-hmm. They're not insane. Um, so why, why focus on that small percentage? They don't do that in Islam. Right. When, when, when a radical terrorist comes and does something crazy and kills a bunch of people, they say, oh, oh that's an extremist. Islam isn't like that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to gun owners, it's flipped. Right. Everyone, yeah, if you have it, you are yeah. on the list. And so if that's the case and there's no logic involved in the narrative, then you that's that's when you know for sure that it's not about the narrative. It's about the direction that they want things to go. Mm-hmm. So they will take whatever they can to to uh, to um, the progressives will to bring the country to where they want it to be. Okay, going back to Orlando, the shooting, and who killed who. I believe this is audio shot by a bystander. I think, or it's video, but it's dark. But let's just listen. This is when they breached the place. Holy Are you kidding cow. me? That's like 150 Tell, rounds. Right. Yeah. So they say there were 202, I think, rounds fired total. Like the guy, the, the shooter and law enforcement. That's the number they're claiming. It's like 202 or 212. Like they have that down to the number. Are you kidding me? How many were, of that were was in there? Let's hear that again. Yeah. Hold on, go back. Mm. I'm surprised somebody hasn't isolated that. Encountered them? Yeah. Well, what I want to know is apparently this, the narrative goes that they, the guy was in the bathroom on the other side of a brick wall that was on the outside and wouldn't come out. So they couldn't get in. So they decided they put a charge, an explosive charge on the outside of the wall to break a hole. Apparently didn't big do a hole big enough. So then they ran a bearcat into the building. They drove an armored vehicle into the building to make a hole bigger. Did they kill anyone then? Did they run over anybody? Who knows? It's dark outside. You never know. And then the people come out. Like the hostages come out and then the guy, the shooter comes out, guns blazing. Really? It's nighttime. People are coming out of a hole. You just broke in the building with a truck. Well, then there's also the... uh, They actually uh, started engaging. After Columbine, the... um, the protocol was when there was an active shooter, the first officers on the scene engaged them. So the first officers came to the scene, exchanged fire, and then they were told that they were to wait. Well, then he retreated to the bathroom with hostages, apparently. Yeah. But yeah, I am totally... I don't buy that he shot everybody. I'm sorry. 
It's just, it's not really that feasible. Yeah. And, and that none of them were not shot by law enforcement. Because mm-hmm. when you have that many people in there, what they say, two or 300 people are in the building? Mm-hmm. Cops come in shooting, really? They're going to be that sure-minded and that well-aware to not hit someone? Yeah. Uh, just like anything else, we'll never we'll never know for sure. But that, never but that audio, it just I mean, that is that's sounds almost machine gun like, almost. Well, that and I they, mean, you know, how many people with them? That's and ten they, they, people, but with they probably were semi-automatic. You pull it every. I mean, yeah. Well, but law enforcement. I mean, they're. Yeah, they'd have ARs. Yeah, well, yeah. they have fully auto. I know I've got uh, friends on the West Coast that have fully auto ARs. Yeah, but most of the SWAT, well. And it they, depends and, upon, but they're just standard police. But like the SWAT, there's no real, there's no real benefit to having uh, fully automatic weapons. I mean, there is absolutely no benefit at all. I mean, now um, if you go in the military's three-round burst, that's the most. Just because, have you ever shot a, f- a fully automatic no. AR? Mm-mm. It goes right up. I mean. You're going up. You got to really work. To, yeah. To not. Yeah. It, so it, it doesn't. It doesn't help. It doesn't um, make you more effective or anything. All it does is waste ammo. So I'm sure that was all. That's the feds. They don't care about that. <laughs> they don't care about wasting bonus. ammo. I don't need no stinking <laughs> bodies. <clears throat> well, that's fun. So the news has just been nuts. I mean, it's just been crazy, um, pan- absolute panicking over, you know, guns now. Yeah, guns and the, in America. The, the yeah. rhetoric. I mean, Charlie Rose, who a lot of people consider him to be like a genius and very, you know, Walter Cronkite. Good, yeah, yeah, kinda. He was talking to uh, Jay Johnson the other day, Depart- Secretary oh, of yeah, Homeland yeah, Security, yeah. I think, and he said that that's it's just an A fourteen. No, no. Yeah, and he said, yeah, and he used an A-14. What? What's that? Is that it, an airplane? He called it an A- AR-14? Yeah, but he just said A. A-14? <laughs> I mean, there's an M-14, which... Right. No, he was trying to... AR-4, AR-15 is what he's trying to say. Huh. And he might have said A-15, but the fact is A, and he said it like three times, no one on set, they're like, mm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, he got that A-15, mm-hmm, yeah. Is that a jet? Is that like a fighter jet? Well, an F-15 is a fighter jet. <laughs> it, they are clueless, absolute yeah, idiots are. when they it are. comes to anything firearm. And yeah. so they're all trying to go out and buy these to prove how easy it is. Oh. <laughs> did you see? <laughs> yes. Did you? You did see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that one reporter. <laughs> In Chicago, I think. Was it Chicago? Yeah. He he went in to buy an AR, and he paid for it and everything. Came back denied because of alcoholism and abuse and, and domestic abuse. But he tried to spin it that the the gun um, the gun store thought that it was uh, that he did it because he was uh, a columnist. No, 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 no. It's because you're a jerk and you have a record that yeah. And you, so then, what? What does that prove? It to proves me, that it works. It proves it works exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yes, yes, yes. Very much so. This is the David Allen Show. We'll be back with some more of this insanity. This is kind of fitting for the circus that this media has turned into. <laughs> and our Congress, the House, the House Democrats. Well, half, if it's an elephant. And Loretta Lynch. Yeah? Loretta Lynch. Attorney General Loretta Lynch told Florida's LGBT community that the, quote, most effective weapon at America's disposal against Islamic terrorism is, take a guess. Um, This is the Attorney General. Love? Love. Get out of here! No! Get out of here! (laughs) 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 Woo! Yes! Thank you! Thank you! Mrs. Lynch told reporters on in Orlando on I now Tuesday have a legal degree. <laughs> that an ongoing investigation will determine the precise motive for 29-year-old Omar Mateen's June 12 massacre at Pulse, a gay nightclub. Mateen, a former security guard, called 911 and pledged allegiance to the Islamic State group while killing 49 people, allegedly, and wounding 53 others, killing allegedly. Killing them with kindness? Quote, to the LGBT community, we stand with you. President Obama's attorney general said, The good in this world far outweighs the evil. Eh. Our common humanity transcends our differences. And our most effective response to terror is compassion. It's unity and it's love. We stand with you today because we grieve together. And long after the cameras are gone, we'll continue to stand with you as we grow together in commitment and solidarity and in equality. She added that $1 million in emergency funding for the Florida Department of Law Enforcement would be allocated, quote, as soon as possible. For what? Yeah. Love? It's emergency. (laughs) Yeah. You can buy a lot of love for a million dollars. The federal funds will be used to cover overtime pay and other costs incurred by Orlando's local law enforcement agencies during the massacre. Quote, the message of Orlando is a message of determination to remove hatred and remove intolerance from our midst. <sighs> this is the chief law enforcement officer in the country. All we need, oh, where's that? I need that song. All we need is love. Who in the world, other than um, just e- extraordinarily evil people, who in the world would think that it's reasonable in any way, shape, or form, to go and kill a bunch of people in a in a in a nightclub. I mean, that whole narrative talking about love and hate, like uh, like there's a whole subset of people that are just you know drooling to kill 
large numbers of people. Oh, wait, so that's <laughs> radical Islam. Is oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> anyways, no. Um, I uh, this whole narrative thing. Just but see, care the Council for American Islamic Relations has released a new report, and oh. guess what? It's on love Islam is <laughs> Islamophobia. Oh, uh, here's a little uh, one minute ad, I believe. Maybe. Oh, it's not going to show up. So. The uh, CARE, Council of American Islamic Relations, uh, is routinely asked to speak for the American Muslim community and has its own share of controversy. Uh, they are now attacking many on the right for daring to associate with terrorism. Daring to associate terrorism with Islam. As many as 74 groups, individuals, and media outlets were branded by CARE as, quote, U.S. Islamophobia Network. So they've now created an Islamophobia Network in their 2015 report released just yesterday. This is an article uh, by Christine Marsh, June 21st. Islamophobia Network? Uh, I think if you go to Islamophobia.org, you might find something fun there. The vast majority of these groups are outright conservative or right-wing, but what isn't as obvious is the activists behind the report, including the liberal journalist connected to the Clinton camp. The purpose of the report was apparently to reveal increasing attacks on Muslims and blame, quote, anti-Islam groups and media who have contributed to these attacks with their rhetoric. Or at least that's how the media is characterizing the piece. CARE's Islamophobia message comes out at the perfect timing, too, just a week after a Muslim man kills 49 people, allegedly, in Orlando, Florida. But that is the pattern for the media. Trot out CARE to harp about the dangers of Islamophobia after a Muslim man kills dozens of innocent people. In the report, CARE divided its, its Islamophobic bigot list into two categories, the inner core and the outer core. 41 outer core groups and individuals work apparently, quote, regularly demonstrates or supports Islamophobic themes. There are too many to list, but here's just a small sampling of the rather mainstream conserv conservative voices organizations which CARE deems dangerously Islamophobic. Uh, American Family Association. What? The ACLJ. American Center for Law and Justice. Cons no, this is CARE. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They put this list Okay. Out. So then, whoever whoever they um, they list, we should... Um, support. Support. Absolutely. Yeah. Concerned <clears throat> Women for America. Fox News Channel. <laughs> National Review. Washington Times. Mark, All Mark that Levin, is good. Rush Limbaugh. The Liberty Council. Everyone who loves... But CARE isn't entirely partisan. HBO's Bill really? Maher does, does make a special appearance on the list as well as his unpolitically correct comments on radical Islam. So, his, so he makes an appearance and his comments? Are you kidding? Well, I mean, if I, I mean, he, it's weird. Have you, have you ever uh, uh, listened to any interviews when he's talking about Islam when somebody's interviewing him? Bill Maher? Yeah, Bill Maher. Not really, no. Oh man! Really? Does he rip them apart? Oh man! Like, <clears throat> uh, like he, uh, Charlie Rose was interviewing him, 
And Charlie Rose made a case about how there's radicals in all religions, Christianity, and he went, no, 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 no. You don't see any Christians doing this sort <laughs> of thing. Bill Maher said this. Bill Maher. Wow. Yeah. Well, this at, is at least he's objective. Yeah, I mean. In, in, when it comes to religion, he hates all of religion. Well, yeah. Yeah, he does. But uh, I thought, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, another one who, who can be more objective is uh, Penn from Penn and Teller. Penn Gillette. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, at, to a certain extent. Unless it comes to vaccines and then he's pretty pretty blatant. Uh, Care also revealed in the report that its strategy is to slowly erode these groups' legitimacy, legitimacy, likening the above groups and media outlets to to love the Ku Klux Klan. Oh come, yeah. Whatever. However, directly challenging bias groups is only part of a comprehensive strategy. Efforts to directly confront and therefore delegitimize the U.S. Islamophobia network are important. But the network can impact America only if it enjoys broader social acceptance. Its survival rests on public willingness to support its messages of hate. Lessons from the Klan. This is a quote from their thing, their report. The Ku Klux Klan is the oldest of America's hate groups. And in 1925, the white supremacist group could boast four million members, including <clears throat> Robert Byrd, <clears throat> big Democrat, <clears throat> Well, sir, an enormous political influence and popular support. Today, however, their members and resources are vastly diminished. Their bigoted views are socially and politically marginalized, and they are virtually irrelevant within the national landscape. The Klan remains legal, even hate speech should be protected, but its message is irrelevant to any serious conversation, and association with it is generally seen to be political suicide. Unless you're Robert Byrd. Well, he's dead now, so... Society's rejection of the Klan and its message resulted in the group having less public support, less visibility, and less impact. This progressive erosion of the Klan's social acceptability serves as a model for CARE's strategy toward contemporary Islamophobic groups. Islamophobia.org. Go check it out. Oh. No, you can't? Uh, I'm going to have to take a shower afterwards. <laughs> Uh, uh. <laughs> I think after dealing with the stupid Democrats sitting on their on the floor, it makes you dirty enough. What? Well, <clears throat> yeah. Also hidden in the document and the media's reports, and the media reports, CARE's list of advisors includes anti-Israel journalist Max Blumenthal, who is the senior editor for the far-left hack site Alternet. This is quoting from the article, and formerly worked for the Daily Beast. Assad regime sympathizing newspaper Al-Akhbar and Media Matters. So these are the good guys. Have you ever uh, read uh, the Southern Poverty Os? Oh, man, Law Center? Uh, yeah, they're uh, who they say are extremists. Same. same yeah, idea. it's the same idea. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone that doesn't agree with them and doesn't support their radical views is yeah. opposite, apparently. So did you see that the uh, the uh, attorney general, this again, Loretta Lynch. Love. Love. Love, love, love. Um, they were going to release. I'm going to start calling her dude love. <laughs> dude love. <laughs> but what's about uh, her? The, the judge. Talking about their, you know, the they were going to release 
uh, red, not redacted, censored versions transcript of the oh, 911 yes. call. Yeah. Because we're not going to perpetuate his hate. We're not going to put his message out there. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do that. So we're going to translate hmm. it into English. And when he says, Allah Akbar, we're going to say, oh, good God. We're going to translate it to English for you idiots mm-hmm. and say God. So yep. we, we can compare that to Christianity and kind of make it the same subtly. But uh, if he said, I'm doing this for Jesus... And then shot up the place. They would keep it. Oh man, they would have pr- they promoted that. They well, they kind of did with that one shooter that went and shot those black people in that church down in was it Georgia. Mm-hmm. Shot up that prayer group. Yeah, the um, yeah, yeah. So they went in there. Oh, mm, this was racially motivated and it was outrageous. He went in there because they're black, because they're this, and he did it for that reason. Okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna yeah. s- redact that. We're not gonna censor that. Yeah, and a serial murderer killed yeah. little kids because. He did it for that reason. Right. Okay. But this guy, no, There's crazy people. we're not going to put out his <clears throat> propaganda. The judge. Let's get to the Orlando terror attack. That's what it was. The thank Department you. Thank you. Released the unedited version of the 911 transcripts from the Orlando terrorist. They received public backlash for leaving out the government's references Duh. to ISIS. All rise. Judge Napolitano is here. So finally, we find out exactly what the gunman said. Yes. And the, the Attorney General has reversed herself. Yes. Does she have any credibility left? No. Well, she has very little credibility. The the Justice Department. <laughs> Does she have any to begin with? Department has seriously compromised its own credibility, not only by redacting al-Baghdadi's name and by translating Allah into God, thereby leaving out the word Allah. Everybody Mm -hmm. knows that's a rational translation and everybody would know what it meant if they left the word in there. It is apparent that they were trying to rewrite history. They were trying to sanitize this so as to give us, the American people, a, a, a different impression from what actually happened. They're trying to hide the truth. Yes. The truth was there was yes. an Islamic, Islamic component to that man who killed those Absolutely. people. Absolutely. Now, they have no obligation at this stage of the investigation to release this. But if they do release it, they have an obligation to release a complete and truthful version of it. But not only did they redact, they summarized events. Which is and terrible. And they summarized those events improperly. Uh, Yesterday, they told us in the summary. This is in the very same uh, document as the redaction. Right. Yesterday, they told us in the summary that no shots were fired between the initial encounter between the killer That's right. and two police that were there and the breach five hours and 12 minutes later. And from that, we reported that the killings occurred at the time of the breach. Correct. Last night, Megan Kelly interviewed two survivors who said they spent three hours hovering on a bathroom floor, bleeding from their gunshot wounds. So, in fact, there had been shots fired at people in the bar, in the club, by the gunman at a time other than when the FBI told us yesterday it had happened. So the Attorney General's summary was inaccurate. Correct. And we didn't find out accurately what had happened until way after when we got the final results. Correct. So almost every other situation, you go out and you actually hear the recording of the 911 call. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not happened. Yeah, but like what he said, um, there at the beginning, I mean, this is the very beginning 
I mean, it just happened last week or whenever. So they're under no obligation to have to release right. anything. But why? But why release a summarized version and well and uh, pieces of a version? Yeah. yeah. So let's release the whole thing. There were people that have come out and said they were in the stall. Yeah. Looking at him when it's gun jammed and he's on the phone with nine one one. Let's hear that. I want to hear that back and forth. Let's play the tape, like the Sandy Hook, yeah, that debacle shooting in wherever that was, Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. The Fed said, well, almost every news organization after it forever they actually got it released. The news organization said it's too damaging to listen to. We're not going to play that, so we're not going to let you hear it's. There's nothing that is outrageous on it. Let's hear it. But no, they yep. get to determine what we hear, what, what we can't hear. And so the stupid slaves out there, they get all of their news from the cable TV yep. or ABC, NBC, CBS. All of them are being spoon-fed spoon utter nonsense, a fabricated bullcrap story. It's hardly worth... Well, okay, I'm pessimistic, but, um, and I'll repeat the statistic that, uh, three years after Hurricane Andrew, the most expensive and danger or, uh, damaging hurricane in the history of the U.S., well, in the last up 50 years before that, um, when that hit Florida, three years later, only 10% of people who had been impacted the first time around actually prepared for another one for another one only 10%. So I would submit that this is normal human behavior and um the people don't want to think independently they just want to be told stuff to make them feel good and comfortable and they are are fine with bread and circuses. Sorry. Did you say bread and a circus? <laughs> bread and circus. That's what they did in Rome. That's how they... Appeased them. That's how they okay. appeased them. We have that. Mm-hmm. It's called the National Football League, the National Basketball Association, Major League Baseball. What's What's the bread? McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> Food stamps, you could say. Yeah. yeah. You don't have a cheese line anymore. I mean, I... I I, I guess I... I've, I at, at a certain point, I thought people thought for themselves <clears throat> until I got all this evidence contrary to that assumption. And um, every time I hear what you just said, it reinforces to me that um, people typically don't think for themselves. Yep. So, I mean, it's a huge chore maybe getting 10% to 11 but for that 1%, I suppose it's worth it. You know, you hear that saying, if I could just help one person, it'll be all worth it. It's worth it. Just one. Just one just person. Just one. Just one person. It'll be all worth it. But if we it'll kill. It'll be worth it all. If we kill five innocents but, and it was but a drone that, strike but to get one, one guy person, that we think is there. What, 
It's all worth it's, it. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the way. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, so <clears throat> bringing this closer to home. Tuesday, June 16. We're kind of moving away from this utter nonsense in our national government. Yeah. The Sioux Falls City Council, this is an article uh, by Libby Scarin uh, on the ACLU uh, South Dakota website. They have one? <laughs> South Dakota Unfortunately, does? Unfortunately, they do. That's weird. June 17, 2016. Now, the title for this, well, I'll, I'll read the headline in a minute because I'm confused. The Sioux Falls City Council had the opportunity to take a proactive step on June 16 to protect LGBT citizens across the city. Now, they only they stopped at the T. Uh, there's a there should be a whole bunch more than that. LGBT and a bunch QRS, of other things. my ABCs. Dot dot. Oh, and now now there's the first legal legal transition. Like legal name or uh, change uh, to non-binary. There's an actual human that has legally changed her gender to non-binary. In, in how about what, that? In what state? Uh, is it? Whoa, man! Was it Washington? I'm not. I'm not 100 on that. On their agenda, this back to the Sioux Falls City Council, were two items to accomplish this. First, a policy to add, quote, gender identity to the non-discrimination protections for city employees. And second, an ordinance to add, quote, sexual orientation and gender identity to the already existing non-discrimination ordinance, which applies to the entire city. Okay. During a week when LGBT, no, during a week when anti-LGBT rhetoric manifested into literal violence in Orlando, a month in which we celebrate LGBT rights or pride, apparently, as we listened to in the pre-show, and a year in which we've seen over 200 anti-LGBT bills introduced nationwide, the City Council of Sioux Falls had the chance to stand against hatred and act bravely to affirm the legal rights and human dignity of this community. And, but instead they retreated. The, head, the, the title of this article is A Time for Bravery and Openness in Sioux Falls. Hmm. They opted to pull the ordinances from discussion, ordinances they themselves had put on the agenda, without an explanation as to why. Oh, gasp. At this crucial time for the LGBT community, such silence is deafening. To introduce the hope of something resembling legal equality, and to then snuff out that hope in the face (gasps) of opposition with no explanation is the opposite of bravery. It's the opposite of open government. It breeds disappointment, oh. distrust, and suspicion. No. LGBT community why? members and Sioux Falls residents why? deserve an explanation as to why yes, this happened. Yes, they do. So my question to you okay. is what is brave about legitimizing Nothing. abnormality? No, uh, I would say I submit nothing. <clears throat> oh, do you want? <laughs> I'd like a real answer. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
Now, I, okay. They're Don't just trying call to make it, it bravery. They, they're trying to make it sound noble and like this is the, like they're taking their lives in their own hands and whatnot. And to be honest, 60 years ago, if you came out as a homosexual to a bunch of people, it would uh it would it wouldn't be good. Uh life uh, it would be very difficult to live as an open just out there flaming homosexual. I totally agree. Um it's not that way now. So there it doesn't I mean what bravery? Well, is it is it brave to uh is it brave to run out in front of a, a a speeding truck? Is that bravery or is that just stupidity? Well, if it's just to run to run out in front of a speeding, then it's stupidity. If you're pushing a child out of the way, then it might be bravery. But well, there's sure. no <clears throat> I mean, it's basically saying this is who I am or this is this is what I'm like. This is this is this is my life. Okay. All right. But how is it brave on the part of the city council? No, I to to, it's to not. affirm this to put someone if I someone's I, the idea that they get to decide in their brain mm-hmm. what their gender is called. It seems to me why is that brave that this group of elected people? Oh, bravery. It seems to me that the the bravest thing that you can do now is to swim against the cultural current, which is exactly what they did. So it seems to me that it would be cowardice. Ooh, to go to, with it. To oh. go with it, because you're just cowardice if you didn't believe it, but you did it anyways because you were afraid of the backlash. Mm-hmm. Now, they knew when they voted on this, evidently. No, they didn't. They just tabled it. Apparently. Or when they, they tabled took it, off, it off the agenda. When they took it off the With agenda. With no explanation. But when they did that, I think there would be a reasonable expectation that groups like this would come out and call you a bunch of names mm-hmm. and, and make life difficult for you. Well, w- doesn't that take more courage to do something that's going to make life more difficult for you and uh, to make you feel more uncomfortable? It seems to me that the brave thing that they did was actually tabling it, especially if they actually believed that, uh, did not believe in this legislation. So it seems to me that what they did was actually courageous, but of course, it's always back to the narrative. If the narrative isn't true or the narrative changes depending upon certain situations or there's no logic involved, then then the narrative isn't the thing. There's something behind it. They're trying to push things in a certain way, and they're just using that narrative right now as a vehicle to push their their ultimate agenda. And, of course, we know what their ultimate agenda is. So <clears throat> so I think, I think they were very brave. And, and it's interesting. You know, the basis of all liberty um, is, is found in freedom of speech and freedom of thought and freedom of association. Mm -hmm. And um, the liberals, capital A, or L, I mean, are are the people that are not liberal. They are very illiberal because they are forcing everybody into a certain box to think a certain way and penalizing people for having an opinion that might differ from what the liberals want to propagate. Um, 
and this is a horrible place to be um, because if if you have if you believe something um, and you think it's important and you think it's right, well, then take your time to to explain what you believe and why you believe it and try to change somebody else's opinion doing fact using facts and other things. If you can't do that, then if you force it upon them, you are violating that person's uh, conscience. And uh, that is that is one thing that our founding fathers refused to do. <clears throat> But that's but that's no longer the issue, because and that's how the narrative is always going to be. It's not. It's it's going to be people are evil, mm-hmm. and um, that having a belief is evil. Not acting out on it, but having that belief is e- evil. And so, if we can't, if we can't turn this around, um, it's going to be just like every other tyranny that has come down the pike. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, about some of these people, I got this, I read this article on the Federalists. The guy, he, he wrote an article called The Rise of Cultural Parasites. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> he started out and said the brown-haired cowbird is an obligate brood parasite. <laughs> like what? And he continues. That's the one thing I remember from the biology of birds, a class I selected to meet my undergraduate science requirement because it sounded easy and didn't have a lab or require group work. For those of you who may have been too busy taking actual science courses to learn what the phrase means, obligate brood parasites are the kind of birds that, because they can't build nests of their own, lay their eggs in nests other birds have built, birds whose offspring oh, are yes. generally smaller and take longer to incubate. The parasitic bird uh, hatches huge. first. Yeah. And they're huge. And they cause the host mother to cease incubating her actual offspring to tend to the imposter. Other times, a parasitic mother will destroy the host eggs after she lays her own, ending any competition from the get-go. Either way, the result is the same. An organism that can't create something itself co-ops another organism's creation to further its own survival. Then he continues. To me, this is such an astute uh, article. He said, culturally speaking, I worry that my generation of Westerners have become a collection of obligate brood parasites. Um, Like every generation before us, we want to see our values survive. Like our ancestors, we want to influence the world and leave our imprint on society. But unlike these, uh, those earlier generations, we seem to have lost the ability to accomplish these goals by creating, building, inventing, and imagining. Rather, to better the world as we see it, we employ the far more parasitic approach of seizing the nest someone else bit built and refashioning it to our liking. Now, listen to what he says. To me, this, I, haven't, I hadn't even thought about it, but this is so profound. He said, listen to the internet cowbirds crowing for the nest builders to give them what they desire instead of just producing it themselves. 
Feminists in the James Bond nest are insisting that they be given a female 007, while those who have infested the Ghostbusters nest scream misogynist and push the host hatchlings out of the tree. The second they complain that the all-lady reboot with lazy jokes and Scooby-Doo monsters unleashed-looking ghouls sullies the beloved film of their youth. Um, uh, he continues on, gives an example about how people want Captain America to be liberated from his shackles of heteronormality and be given a boyfriend. <laughs> this is really good. Um, on the surface, he says, all of this is rather confusing. After all, until recently, if an Indian musician thought the works of Mozart didn't reflect his culture, he didn't start a give the symphony, symphony a sitar hashtag campaign rather he created his own compositions so that those who shared his culture experiences tastes and values wouldn't be left out so if feminists want a super spy or a fighter or phantasmal forces to call their own why don't they via novels or film or television or comics create them instead of co-opting bond and the ghostbusters (laughs) because no one will watch (laughs) And he said, the answer, I think, is fairly simple. During the feminist and civil rights movements, leftism didn't build things. It changed things built by someone else. America, it perceived, had greater potential but was hamstrung by the bigotry and moral failings of its founders, bigotry and moral failings passed down to those currently controlling the governmental, societal, and cultural uh, strings. Leftists took control of those strings and, at least in their minds, succeeded at bettering everyone. And those who came of age in subsequent decades essentially came to believe that the most virtuous way to stamp out bigotry and discrimination was not to build something new, but to overtake pre-existing institutions and fix what the builders did wrong. Quite simply, my generation doesn't know how to create because we never bothered learning how. Being taught from the cradle that honing our parasitic skills was a better use of their, of our time. Now, this, oh, this, ouch. this next part I thought was brilliant. This is why the average young adult who needs GPS to find anything beyond three blocks around his apartment can't make it through Columbus Day without proclaiming his moral superiority over the Italian explorer because in his mind, embracing diversity and checking his white privilege on American soil is a greater accomplishment than discovering American soil. It's also why your average high school student who can't write a thesis statement does not feels not an ounce of inferiority when comparing herself to Thomas Jefferson. After all, writing the Declaration of Independence is a fine accomplishment, but it's nothing compared to picking the racist twigs out of, out of the founding father's nest by shouting slave rapist every time his name is invoked. It's also why my generation feels such overwhelming compulsion to fix the misogynistic or heteronormative stories Someone else has already told and pat themselves on our on the back for our bravery. Weren't we talking about that? Why bother learning that forgetting that forgotten skill set of creating when it's inherently less virtuous than overtaking someone else's imperfect nest? Huh. And I thought that is uh, that is wonderful. But then the guy continues on, and he said the Christians have done the exact same thing. 
He said, having embraced the same mindset as many secular counterparts, Christian parents convince themselves that creating their own unique faith-driven stories or storytelling genres like Dante and Milton and Bunyan and Wallace and Lewis and Tolkien had done would have been too much work and required capital, capital and capabilities they did not have. So they churchified the Saturday morning cartoon nest by showing their kids videos of a talking cucumber lecturing them about honesty and fairness with a Bible verse or two thrown in at the end. They swapped out Batman episodes with the adventures of Bible men and praised <laughs> themselves for their faithfulness. They put the Facing the Giants DVD in the Remember the Titans case. They justified all this thinking rebuilding secular nests with Christian garbage was best for their children. Likewise, with regard to music. Uh, <laughs> furthering the tradition of legendary Christian hymnists and composers like Paul Gerhardt and Johann Sebastian Bach would have required a skill set these modern Christians were neither taught nor willing to learn and finding their voice would have been proven just as difficult but three chords and pop song structure were pretty easy to imitate so when they saw their children listening to music that glorified premarital sex and drug use they parasitically strapped on guitars Invest, infested the pre-existing nest of secular music and produced often uh, awful Christian rockers, embarrassing Christian rappers, and an endless array of top 40-sounding Christian artists <laughs> ranging from bad Belinda Carlisle knockoffs to someone worse than actual Richard Marks, Richard Marks knockoffs. I, <laughs> I thought that was... I, because when, when I turn on the Christian station... I can't I can't listen for very long because every song is the same. Mm -hmm. And occasionally you get a good one that's maybe different and it has really good lyrics, but it is to me to me they I I totally agree. Most Christian music is is sub. It's it's not worth it because there's no originality. There's no there's no going out and trying to create something of your own. And well, anyways, I'll back up <laughs> about what we were saying earlier. But that, I mean, that's our culture now. Why create something new when I can just take what's already been built, built, and then swap it, change it, mm -hmm. you know, uh, change the title. Um, and that's what um, that's what leftists have continually done. They don't. They've never had to do the actual hard work. Of building something. That's why it's so easy for them to get after um, uh, business owners or those quote unquote rich guys who exploit all these poor guys mm -hmm. because they've never worked hard enough to actually make enough money to become a rich guy. They've never produced anything in their entire life. And you look at uh, who's the uh, Facebook guy who's on uh, Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. <clears throat> what did Zuckerberg do? He created Facebook, but how much effort, really, how much effort, how much blood and guts did he, did, did he have to do in order to create this? Well, if you ask the, the Twinkle Twins. Which um, one are those? They, they're, uh, apparently they were like with him founding it and they claimed that they did a lot of the work. 
Okay, you and did. He took it from him. <laughs> okay, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not, but there was like lawsuits. And, but you know, yeah. I look at Bill Gates, and the, then I look um, at Steve Jobs, Twinkle Voss, or Winkle Voss, or whatever twin, some weird. But but I look at Bill Gates and I look at Steve Jobs, and I think between the two, Steve Jobs actually built something, whereas um, well, did he? Yeah, I mean because what he did, he he. I mean, he was fanatical about about pushing the he people could and do market like mad. Yes, he knew how to manipulate. Yeah, but but don't you think? Don't you think that if it hadn't been for him, and I could be wrong, but don't you think if it hadn't been for him, Apple wouldn't be where it is right now? Oh yeah, because I everything mean, they, I've they had, fired him. They fired he he came back, but would we have the would we have the iPhone and the iPad and all no, the rest of it? No, but no, had, he was a pusher. Yeah, but he also was so adamantly like arrogant. Oh, absolutely. That his, his idea was, oh, you want iTunes on a PC? Buy a Mac. That was his attitude. His attitude was not okay. Let's make iTunes for P, for for a Windows machine. Sure. Uh, too bad. If you want to use our product, you buy a Mac. Yeah, but don't you don't you and, think? And he got overruled. Now, I've worked out. I mean, he unfortunately died an insanely rich person because of it. You know, you know, he actually got a uh, liver transplant that he shouldn't have had because he was rich. Oh yeah. Anyways, um, but my my point about it is that he he actually built something. This wasn't something like kind of happened out of nowhere. He actually he had skin in the game and was. Pushing it, moving forward. I mean, he worked long hours. He was crazy. Yeah, exactly. He was a loon, really. Yeah, he was. But you know what? He wasn't lazy. Okay. Um, he didn't take something that somebody else had and just kind of tweaked it a little well, kind bit. Of. Steve Wozniak kind of made them made the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he but they were partners. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But Woz is the was the mechanical brains. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's a team, definitely. And Gates was in that mix. Yeah. So, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Speaking of Bill Gates, though, you you talk about him maybe not doing much. Yeah. <laughs> Found this article uh, on The Verge a couple of days ago. Bill Gates' philanthropic efforts are usually greeted with near universal praise. Again, a, I don't get that. Well, right. I think this ties into something you were talking about earlier. Oh, yeah. Um. By, but a recent attempt by the U.S. billionaire to donate 100,000 chickens to impoverished countries has ruffled some feathers. Oh, PETA! PETA! Huh? The leftist government of Bolivia, one of the nations reportedly earmarked to receive the poultry, has refused the donation, describing Gates' gift as offensive. Quote, He does not know Bolivia's reality. We don't like chicken! To think we are living 500 years ago in the middle of the jungle not knowing how to produce, said Cesar Cocorico, Bolivia's Minister of Land and Rural Development. This according to the Financial Times. Give Quote, us money instead. Respectfully, he should stop talking about Bolivia, and once he knows more, <clears throat> apologize to us. Gates announced the chicken initiative dubbed Coop Dreams earlier this month as a partnership with Heifer International, a charity that aims to eradicate poverty by giving away livestock and agricultural training. The gift of 100,000 chickens is to be distributed among countries with high poverty levels, 
mostly nations in sub-Saharan Africa, but also including Bolivia, reports, r- reports Reuters. It's pretty clear to me that just about anyone who's living in extreme poverty is better off if they have chickens, wrote Gates in a blog post. In fact, if I were in their shoes, what I want a, a stupid statement. Too. That's what I would do. I would raise chickens. He says the animals are easy and inexpensive to raise, empower women, because chickens are small and stay close to home. <laughs> like women should. <laughs> and can help feed children in poor families. But Bolivia's government, led by anti-imperialist President Evo Morales, says the South American nation already produces 197 million chickens annually and has the capacity to export 36 million. We don't need your CIA chicken. We don't need your 100,000 chickens, right? Are they robots? Bolivia's pride is justified. The country's economy has nearly tripled in size over the last decade. To $1 billion! With its GDP per capita jumping from $1,200 in 06 to $3,119 in 2005. The IMF predicts that Bolivia's economy will grow by 3.8% in 2016, making it the best performer in South America. Keep your chickens, Bill! (laughs) (laughs) But again, this goes to this idea that I'm so rich, I can do it, and I know best. Because if I was poor... I would raise chickens. My no, co- you wouldn't. My question is, why Bolivia? <laughs> They're on the list. What list? But, I mean, yeah. d- uh, Ecuador couldn't, uh, y- you, know, you know what I mean? Paraguay. Why Bolivia? Seems to me there's got to be something other hey, than they just were on the list. Gatesnotes.com. This is his blog post. The title of his blog post, Why I Would Raise Chickens. Written by Bill Gates. Do you think he actually June wrote 7, it? June 7, 2016. Probably think, he's a billionaire with nothing to do but give his money away doing yeah. the things that he would do if he were poor. I bet he didn't even write it. No, probably not. <clears throat> it's probably some intern. Why? What? What? I don't have. What's the deal? What? Did it go away? Oh, that was Max. It, oh, it's not showing up? Yeah, see? They block. They block the Mac. On Bill Gates' website. <laughs> it's not showing up. There's a picture of a chicken. Yeah. Hmm. I, th- I find it... Hun- uh, okay, he's got, what, 70, 80 billion dollars? Is it that much? I thought it was in the 50s or 60s. No, what's well, this? Let's uh, see. Let's see. Forbes rich list, right? Yeah. We're looking it up. Jeff Bezos. I think he was in the 60 billions. Billionaire's list. Oh, 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 let's go to the 2016. Meet the richest people on the planet. Hello. Hi. That's funny. Trump and Oprah are in this, in the pictures. Um, ah, aha, aha, full list. Okay. I hate this website. Every page is an ad. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, Forbes, get it together. I don't care. Oh, is it is it a video ad? No. It's just an ad that keeps telling me continue to cite. Really? Third ad. So Bill Gates. Well, even if it's sixty billion dollars. Um 
Is he giving away 100,000 chickens in total, or that's what he was only going to give to Bolivia? I think 100,000 total, which is chump change, especially if Bolivia has 197 million. Okay, two bucks a chicken, that's (laughs) $200,000. So uh, let's see, how much is that? Well, you're okay. 2016 list, we're in. That's about a tenth of of 1% of his total. Uh, wealth that he's given given away to this chickens. <clears throat> Why he would raise chickens? He is number one on the list currently at seventy five billion. Yeah, see, seventy. Good call. That's right. Uh, number three on that list, Warren Buffett at sixty point eight b- b- billion. What about Jeff Bezos? Jeff Bezos. Uh, forty. He's number five. Forty five point uh, two billion. Loser. The loser. loser. And then Zuckerberg, which. Forty-four point six billion at number six. He is not worth forty-four billion dollars. Just on paper. Yeah, Larry Ellison. He wrote down forty-four. Bloomberg is still up number eight. My, my, Michael Gungrabber Bloomberg. Yeah. Um, forty billion. I don't I don't understand why um, Bill Gates is being praised for giving away two billion dollars. Do you get that? I don't get it. I, I, and I'm being completely legit. Well, he got mocked by Bolivia. Yeah. Well, but, that, but yeah, that's I mean, for a hundred thousand. Right. <clears throat> if he gave away half of it, he'd still have $38 billion. So when it, well, when you go if to he gave numbers, away nine, 90%, when you go to numbers that high, do you, is it right to look at the dollar amount or is it more right and fair to look at the percentage? I would say, well, I, I mean, it's not really realistic. Um, to look at percentage? No, no, no. Uh, looking at his net worth mm-hmm. because it's not liquid. Mm-hmm. It is, I'm sure it's stock, and it depends upon the stock value and whatnot. <clears throat> and if he were, say he had $70 billion and say he wanted to sell it, mm-hmm. he wouldn't get $70 billion for it. He'd get he, like 50, 40, 30. Okay. Yeah. Not exactly, <laughs> but but I mean, yeah. he probably would get thirty billion dollars mm-hmm. for it because all of a sudden it would go on the market and the value would go down in the stock, and you know, mm-hmm. so legitimately he couldn't. But uh, but to give two billion dollars, and you're making, you know, however many billion every single year, mm-hmm. giving two billion dollars to me it seems like chump change, because I don't think. Giving really counts unless there's some sacrificial element to it. What do you mean it doesn't count? It doesn't count for what? I think it doesn't count in the sense of where people go, hey, good job. If you have uh, $1,000 and you give $10 to a kid, if you have $1,000 in your pocket and there's there's a homeless person on the side of the road and you give $10 to him, should you get a good job? I would submit no. Okay. I mean, yeah. I I mean, it's a good thing to do. But what if they needed five and you gave them ten? Then you gave them ten, but you didn't give them out of your. But uh, you gave above and beyond what they needed. Yeah. So. So, I, so you're just saying there's no need for praise. I'm yeah. And adoration. I mean, it's um. Cele- celebrity. I think there should be an expectation that. If if you claim to be a moral person, mm-hmm. that that it would start at 
a certain amount. Mm-hmm. And if you gave it, it would be the same way as, I mean, when, when you pay taxes every year to the IRS, to the government, the government doesn't come in and go, good job. And people go, good job. Look at what you did. You know, that's what you were required to do. I think in a, in a certain sense, like I, I saw this article about this, this guy who got all these kudos because he was at this, uh, this restaurant and there was a waitress who came up who looked like she was a struggling uh, single mom. And I think the, the bill was like for 26 bucks and he paid it and then gave her a hundred dollar tip, hundred dollar bill, <clears throat> which is good, which is above and beyond in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's not above and beyond. We should put this in the media and everybody should know this person's name kind of thing, giving a hundred dollars to somebody who is apparently in need. To me, I don't think it should be that way. Now, that doesn't mean that what he did was bad, Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that he promoted it, but to me, the thing that disturbs me about it is that there's no longer this expectation that we should actually give, that we should actually give sacrificially to people. And one of the reasons why I think it's that way same thing with Bill Gates. Everybody is like, out, uh, like, oh, look, he gave $2 billion. Isn't that amazing? And the reason why they're doing that is that people don't give much anymore. And the reason why I don't think that they do is because why should I give money? Because the, they have, there's they welfare. get it somewhere else. There's welfare. There's, uh, there's food stamps. There's rent subsidies. There's free insurance. There's all these things. I don't have to give because I know that that person is going to be taken care of if they want to be taken care of. When I see a homeless person, especially in Minnesota where I live, when I see a, a homeless person on the street, I think, and I'm right, that there's no reason that this person should be homeless. Because I know that in the state of Minnesota, they have such good welfare and all these benefits that you, that you get if you have no money that the reason that they are homeless and they have Salvation Army and all these other uh, uh, um, charity organizations, the only reason that you're homeless is because you're continually making bad decisions. And by me giving you money, um, I'm pretty confident that you're going to use that for some other purpose. which is not to say that I shouldn't give him money if God is, like, moving me in that direction. The problem with that is people are not typically going to sacrificially give because they know the government is going Mm -hmm. to do it themselves. So we've basically allowed the elected officials to usurp that uh, obligation away from us, from the people. And it's a good thing. We should be... It, it's a good thing to give. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing to be generous. And when we are no, when there's no longer an expectation to be generous, and there's no longer this this ethic, this um, this cultural uh, more uh, to 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 give and to be generous, I think that does something that changes people's attitude. It's no you. You no longer have to look out for a, any other person. You can spend all that time looking inward and fulfilling my own needs. I don't have to give any money. I don't have to give any money to anything, so I'll just use it myself. 
Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a I think it's an absolutely abominable thing. I think it's wonderful for kids to um to to be to be shown that it is normal to sacrificially give your time and money to help somebody or to serve in a, a certain way because it takes you out of the equation. But now we have a society that is so self-centered and is so focused on us and we and we have the luxury to be that way. We don't have to look out for anybody. We don't even have to look out. I mean, if you have a pulse and you haven't declared bankruptcy in the last year, you you got a credit card. I mean, you're going to get a credit card. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's I'm I'm sure there's a subset that can't. But for a good portion of the people, it's uh, to me I, I and so when I look at when I hear Bill Gates gave two billion dollars, I think so what? Mm-hmm. If I had if I was worth seventy five billion dollars, I think I would give a whole lot more than two billion dollars. You know. So you know there are several thought leaders in the in the world. You know some big pastors that have a lot, and there's some, um, you know, th- there's some really wealthy people that mm-hmm. have this idea. They call it reverse tithing, and so their idea is to give ninety percent away yes. and keep yes. and live on ten. Yes. Now, calling it reverse tithing, whatever. That's kind of lame to call it that. Mm-hmm. I think. But what I mean, I think that would be fantastic mm-hmm. to get to where that is feasible. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a dream, absolutely. Um, I think if if I didn't believe um, that God existed and that the Bible was true, I think um, it would be ridiculous. I guess I would be like Henry Kissinger or George Soros or whatever mm-hmm. might made right, and you know you try to make life as comfortable for you and those people that you yeah. tolerate forget everybody else but if you don't believe that um i mean what a wonderful thing to be able to live that way to constantly give and give and give and give you know yeah that would be crazy so i'm just scrolling through this list of the world's billionaires apparently there are over there's over 300 there's more billionaires than that isn't there there's got to be well, like 305, number 305. How much are they worth? Okay, forget that. Let's go. to ah, Come on, Forbes. Keeps moving. Stop it. Uh, a cheese guy worth $4, $4 billion. Saputo? No, I don't think so. Cheese guy. A cheesy, that's cheesy. Three hundred fifty yuan real estate, four billion dollars, four point eight billion China. And what number is that? Three, three hundred and fiftieth, three hundred forty nine. John Doerr, venture capitalist, worth four point eight billion dollars, a mm. mere four point eight billion mm. from the U.S. George Lucas, three hundred forty seventh on the list, four point eight billion dollars. Loser. Loser. Star Wars. <laughs> So there, I mean, th- there you have it. There's the, uh, 
the rich list. I mean, because why not, right? And we don't quite fall into that list. N- no. Yet. Um, but in case you're wondering, this is the David Allen Show. <laughs> DavidAllenShow.com. We're willing to try. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> June 20, 20, 20, 2023. Episode number 20. Oh, wow. DavidAllenShow.com. So, I uh, I babbled on about it, but I wanted to uh, blathered on. I, think. I blathered, <laughs> blathered on. What's what's the difference between babbling and blathering? Good question. An L and so a U. Blather <laughs> definition. The blather, not blathers. <laughs> Uh, blather. Talk long-windedly without making much sense. There you go. <laughs> that was more blather than babble. That's the verb. The noun, long-winded talk with no real substance. <laughs> Maybe not. Sorry. Oh, boy. My bad. Boy, that was accurate. <laughs> um, babble was the other one? Babble. Okay. Uh, babble. Talk rapidly and continuously in a foolish, excited, or incomprehensible way. Wow. That's Either- a verb. 
<laughs> noun, the sound of people talking quickly and in a way that is difficult or impossible to understand. So that was like six of one, <laughs> half dozen of the other. It's all the same. <laughs> Anyways. Brabbling on. Uh, talking about the cultural parasites. Mm-hmm. I was blathering and babbling, so I wanted to hear what you... Hey, I, I think the biggest piece for me in that, uh, I just recently, with the kids, saw... Um, saw a, a documentary on I was talking about some of the world's you know nature's the most crazy <laughs> sorry uh, sidetrack here um is that what you expected it would be mm-hmm. <laughs> okay oh, yeah <laughs> there's a bag of gumdrops on the table here <laughs> my grandpa always had these <laughs> So my middle son, middle son, middle kid, <laughs> wanted them the other day. So we got them. No one looked at them. Well, <laughs> they look very much fruity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These aren't fruity. Mm-hmm. They're spice. So he wasn't very thrilled <laughs> to get them. <laughs> so I... Uh... <laughs> no, I totally... Exp- okay. <laughs> that would have been funny if I didn't. <laughs> right. But my Sorry, grandpa was, always had I was these. I so. hoping for it. <laughs> but anyway, back to the, the birds... That usurp the nest mm-hmm. and and the like nutrition, the new nu- nurturing, the mom, the parent, because they drop the egg and leave. They sneak in when the mom's in or gone, mm-hmm. and then they lay their egg quickly and then they get out. And you're right; it is insanely different in size, everything. And then that bird hatches fast, and then in its run about the nest as a brand new evil bird it kicks the others out mm-hmm. and then it becomes this feeding machine that the the original bird that made the nest apparently is so stupid not to realize yeah that its kid is not its kid yeah i think that is a perfect analogy of what's going on yeah yeah people don't so less about the kids and more about this idea that this this sucker is being planted in these homes, and really that I mean that is media. They're expecting one thing, and oh man, they're getting something else. Yeah, and then they don't because it's being fed to them from inside. Mm-hmm. So everything attached to our phones, our computers, the net, TV, it's all there. It's being mm-hmm. spoon fed. This is why there's an organization out there, and I I'll have to find the name. They work with Hollywood to deliberately put in propaganda into television shows. It's called the CIA. Oh, oh, no! I mean, they do. Yeah, they they do. But but there's a there's a nonprofit. Air quotes. Uh A nonprofit. Is this like Air America or whatever that flew out of Vietnam that the CIA owned? (laughs) It's possible. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But they are they they tout it. They they like champion that they have been involved in like 60 different shows so they're not putting in feeding in content that so it's not even really subversive that they're letting everybody no, they're, know they're no, they love it. it yeah 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 <clears throat> i so, saw in my mind the analogy between that bird mm-hmm. and what it does is excellent but it really sheds light on the fact that the the parents of the original nest mm-hmm. are totally clueless mm-hmm. and that's where we're at right now i don't want to blame the kids as much as yep. it's 
the institutions they're being like the egg is being dropped from. Yeah. And I think that is our school system. Yeah. And this is why going back to my original thought, we need to have our kids already shaped and molded before we give them to an institution. Yeah. Well, like, uh, do you garden? No. Okay. Um, some people like to, to grow plants from seeds rather than going to a greenhouse and buying it. Oh, there you go. And so, um, to me, the analogy takes longer. Is you is you you put it in a little thing. You you get it. You get it so that the the green pops out of the soil, and then you throw it outside onto the lawn. Oh, that's and say, true. Go go, say, grow. go get them. Yeah, go 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 get them. And you walk away. You don't water them. You don't. Or if you do, you throw a few uh, a little bit of water on it, and then you walk away mm-hmm. and just say, "Well, good you know, luck. Good luck." <clears throat> Um, that's a great picture. Yeah. Yeah. And really, if you want it to grow and if you want it to produce fruit, you have to be very gentle and you have to make sure it has the right nutrients and the right environment and the right amount of water. And, and, um, eventually it'll get tough, but you have to grow it. When you have a tree, um, uh, you have to trim it at times. You might have to put ropes on it to keep it from growing crooked and whatnot. But once it's grown, then mm-hmm. it's strong and can be on its own. I mean, and it's that way with with a tree. Why wouldn't it be that way with a child? <clears throat> you know something I learned about corn the other day? What? From a, from a seed Tastes seller? Tastes great. Oh, yep. The roots on a corn stalk mm-hmm. are as deep in the ground as it is tall above the earth. Oh, I didn't know that. Hmm. Isn't that insane? Mm-hmm. What, eight, ten feet tall, some of this stuff? Yeah. Well. At least eight. Yeah, I can get up to eight. Well, yeah, for sure. sure. Six is taller than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not ten, but yeah. So, I mean, that that's kind of crazy that it goes that deep. Well, it has it goes to. Up. Well, I already get so. the, the sure. nutrients. Yeah. But oh. that was kind of fascinating. You don't think about that, or I don't mm-hmm. anyway. That it goes that deep. You know, I, I know like uh, when you plant like an apple tree, you, you water it. But if you don't, if you water it too much, mm-hmm. its roots won't grow deep enough. Oh, because it doesn't get top oh, heavy, oh, oh. heavy. It doesn't have to go deep. Yeah, it doesn't have to go deep. You're not forcing it to work. There's another yeah. analogy for you. Yep. That's why I said Man, it. Man, zing. Like it. Yep. <clears throat> Good Hi-yo. work. Sorry, I found something in the, in the archives yesterday. You know who Scott Adams is? Yes. Dilbert. Dilbert. He's a hypnotist. He's got a blog that is getting quite the play with Trump and Yes. Play. Yep. He's called some things correct. Yep. Well, he wrote yesterday, why gun control can't be solved in the U.S. This is Scott. You mean uh, like, um, uh, like giving up guns? Well, this idea of gun control. Okay, got it. He says, on average, Democrats, parentheses, that's my team, he says, and he has a footnote. um, Of course it is. uh, I endorsed Clinton for president for my personal safety, he said. I write about Trump's powers of persuasion, and it is not safe to live in California if people like you support Trump in any way. Also, I'm rich, and so I don't want anything to change in this country. The rest of you might have a different risk profile. That's weird, but that's his logic for being a Democrat. Okay. 
At least he's honest. Yeah, I appreciate that. He said, on average, Democrats use guns for shooting the innocent. We call that crime. On average, Republicans use guns for sporting purposes and self-defense. If you wait, don't wait, wait, what? He said Democrats use it to kill the innocent? Yeah. Yeah. To shoot shooting the innocent. If you don't believe me, you can check the stats on the internet that don't exist. At least I couldn't find what? any that looked credible. Oh, oh, he's being sarcastic. Quite okay. possibly satire. <laughs> okay. Got it. But we do know that race and poverty are correlated. And we know that poverty and crime are correlated. And we know that race and political affiliation are correlated. Therefore, my team, Clinton, is more likely to use guns to shoot innocent people, whereas the other team, Trump, is more likely to use guns for sporting and defense. That's a gross generalization, obviously. Your town might be totally different. So it seems to me that gun control can't be solved because Democrats are using guns to kill each other and want it to stop, whereas Republicans are using guns to defend against Democrats. Psychologically, those are different risk profiles, and you can't reconcile those interests. Say, the, say that again now. Democrats. So it seems to me that gun control can't be solved because Democrats are using guns to kill each other and want it to stop, whereas Republicans are using guns to defend against Democrats. Hmm. Psychologically, those are different risk profiles, and you can't reconcile those interests except on the margins. For example, both sides might agree that rocket launchers are a step too far, but Democrats are unlikely to talk Republicans out of gun ownership because it comes off as, quote, put down your gun so I can shoot you. So so it would be like uh, Democrats would be against pit bulls because pit bulls will attack them, whereas Republicans, in his mind, are for pit bulls because pit bulls will keep other people from attacking me. Maybe, yes. So they they see themselves as the victims of the gun right. rather than using because the guns to keep themselves they, from they becoming victims. At, they look at the gun as shooting people that shouldn't be shot. And Republicans don't want that to happen. So, they, so they, they want the guns gun. for protection. Oh, yeah, to that's keep a you total. Shooting me. It, makes, I, it makes one, sense. One is I'm a victim. The other is I'm not going to be a victim. Right. Now... Now consider that my if if he's true consider that mindset. The, uh, would a Democrat, if that if that mindset is correct, would a Democrat ever cross the ocean to the New World? No, it'd be scary. Would a Democrat ever start a business where he could lose everything? No, it'd be scary. Exactly, because we are victims, and the highest priority is security. Would a Democrat stand up against slavery? No, it'd no, be scary. It, based upon his that description, logic, right. that logic. Okay, he said, it continues. Let's all take a deep breath and shake off the mental discomfort I just induced in half of my readers. <laughs> Democrat. Because, <laughs> like, as a Republican, well, as the one yeah. who leans Republican, I'm more libertarian. I go, well, yeah, that's mm -hmm. why I'd want a gun to protect, to keep me from being a victim. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> he says, you can quibble with my unsupported assumptions about gun use, but keep in mind that my point is about psychology and about big group averages. If Republicans think they need guns to protect against Democrats, that's their reality. And if Democrats believe guns make the world more dangerous for themselves, that is their reality. And they can be, they can I both think that's be right. Brilliant. 
Your I think risk he's right. profile is different from mine. So let's stop acting as if there's something like, quote, common sense gun control to be had if we all act reasonably. That's not an option in this case because we all have different risk profiles when it comes to guns. My gun probably makes me safer, but perhaps yours makes you less safe. You can't reconcile those interests. Our situation in the United States is that people with different risk profiles are voting for their self-interests as they see it. I would, yeah, I would agree there. Yeah. So, is this something that education can fix? I'm not talking about school, but like, if you're well, it, education, I mean, if, if you can educate people about guns or other things, is that even possible? If you come into this, come into the idea of a gun as it is inherently evil and going to kill you, then no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is no compromise to be had in this situation unless you brainwash one side or the other, other to see their self-interest differently. And I don't see anyone with persuasion skills trying to do that on either side. Fear always beats reason. So as long as Democrats are mostly using guns to shoot innocent people, intentionally or accidentally, and Republicans are mostly using guns for sport or self-defense, no compromise can be had. If we had a real government, the, that, <laughs> the kind that works, we would actually we would acknowledge that gun violence is not one big problem with one big solution. It is millions of people with different risk profiles voting their self-interest as they see it. So stop acting like one side is stupid. Both sides of the gun issue are scared and both have legitimate reasons to be that way. And neither side is, quote, right. I guess part of me, I think he's right in terms of both sides are voting their self-interest as they perceive it. Mm -hmm. Now, which side is right? Neither side is right. Um, My mind is you begin to be right when you get back to the Constitution and this, the, um, the Bill of Rights. Okay. Our Second Amendment mm-hmm. is... The point of it. Is a, it's a restriction on what government is allowed to do to but, a right that I already have. But what happens... It's a protection. It is a protection. What happens when the culture gets to the point where they would no longer have the would would no longer revolt against the government. Well, that's where we're at. Okay, then if that's where we're at, then wouldn't that make sense that the second amendment is obsolete since nobody's going to use it to revolt against the well, government? Well, I think we're <clears throat> almost there. June 20th, the Supreme Court says police may use evidence found after an illegal stop. So now, uh, due process, the rule of law, is now potentially gone. And, I mean, all these people on this gun control side, they're all saying this due process thing is causing us harm. We can't do this because of this due process problem we have when it comes Mm -hmm. to guns. Well, if you eliminate due process for one right, how can you not eliminate it for the rest of them? Oh, yeah. Same thing with freedom of speech and hate hate crimes or hate speech. speech, Mm -hmm. religion, Mm -hmm. 
If I am not allowed to purchase a gun because maybe once I went to a website that happens to be pro-Islamic, pro-terrorist, if I went there and now I'm on this list that I because I went there, mm-hmm. well, when do I lose my phone? Because maybe I talked to someone and one of the one time I said something bad that was against the FBI or against the CIA. Mm-hmm. I said something detrimental against the president. Do I lose my phone next? Or my am, I, car? am I on a black? Yeah. Am I on a list that yeah. I? Or does it stop? Yeah. So to have it, have it one way and not the other is insanity. I think logically, I mean, I think it, it follows. One follows after the other. I mean, people might disagree, but I think the one thing does follow after the other. And <clears throat> so then the question is, are we a complete and total nation of, of sheep? And I, I know that it's not that way. And the reason why I know it's not that way is that there are a lot of people that have guns and there's a lot of people out there. There's a relative... There are more people that have guns than there are probably in all of the armies in the world, mm-hmm. in America. And... um even if 5 or 10% of those people would be willing to uh, defend their liberty with their guns against it taken away, mm-hmm. there's, no, there's no real, there's no possible way that, that they could be disarmed just because so many people would revolt right now, if, if my thesis is correct. And I, I think it, I don't know, it just seems like it would be correct, but I could be wrong. <clears throat> But then the but then the question is when is that going to tip where people will refuse to I don't know found a picture of uh, what's his name Charles Chuck Chuck Schumer Chuck Schumer or as Rush calls him Chuck U Schumer <laughs> um. Apparently, the ACLU is opposed strongly to these gun control measures that are being trying to be voted on. What? The ACLU. Why? The latest legislation proposed by Senator Collins, Republican from Maine, and backed by Harry Reid, dingy Harry Reid, is a compromised version of the, quote, terrorism watch list firearm ban bill proposed by Democratic Senator Feinstein earlier this week. And they're against it? The measure proposes proposed by Collins utilizes the no-fly list and the selectee list as the basis for its restrictions. Oh, okay. I can see Though the would list be. would offer yeah. a much narrower group of people than the broad list proposed by Feinstein, the ACLU still finds the proposal to be an unfair watch list system. Quote. Sure. This is from officials at the ACLU. The ACLU strongly urges you to vote against the Collins Amendment because it uses the error-prone and unfair watch list system, along with vague and overbroad terms, as a predicate for a proceeding for a proceeding to deny a firearms permit. Now, this is the due process problem. They want to make, and Obama has been pushing this like mad. Sure. How could if someone gives it on, if they can't get on an airplane, if they're on a no-fly list, why should they be allowed to buy a gun? 
If they're on a terrorist watch list, why should they be allowed to buy a gun? And you're absolutely right. The FBI, typically, I heard a guy, a gun store owner, I think, today, talk about what usually happens when they get flagged, when a, a buyer gets flagged, they contact the feds, mm-hmm. and the feds allow that sale to go through so they can watch what happens. So this is normal. Wait, wait. So then they track them to see if they kill somebody? They, I don't know. So they can keep an eye and see what's going on. So if they've got someone on their list and it gets flagged, it gets pinged as they call it, they, they get a notice and then they tell the gun store, go for it. And then they now then have another. And whether it's them building a case, they're kind of fi- figuring a, you know, a, what's that called when you have... Um, I don't know, not a patsy, but kind of. Oh, you have um, a, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like creating uh, a, uh, a honeypot, maybe something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Agent provocateur sure. trying to get. Sure. But the issue becomes when you, when I don't know if I am on a list mm-hmm. and I don't know how I got on it or how I get off it. Mm-hmm. Why then should my rights be revoked mm-hmm. as a, the, my God-given right mm-hmm. that is protected? That right is protected from the federal government by the Second Amendment. And Just like speech is protected from the federal government. Has, has anybody asked about the no-fly list, why anybody would be on it? Because if they get screened, if they have to go through the metal detector and the X-ray... And pat down or whatever. Right. They're not bringing what, anything with them. What threat are they? Oh, wait. TSA sucks. Then if TSA <laughs> <Maybe> sucks, <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I, 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 don't, I don't get that at all either. I mm-hmm. mean, I absolutely don't get it. What, what is the point of a no-fly list? Right. In front of, in front of Chuck U. Schumer um, on this picture, the podium has a sign on it that says hashtag enough and then there are boxes fedex boxes for some reason stacked up and on each one there's a poster or a picture it looks like a little probably 11 by 17 print of a rainbow and it says disarm hate okay how do you disarm hate <laughs> yeah, that's what's going on in the brains of the people that actually think that this this will work. Well, maybe it will work. I don't know. Um, who who was the person that shot up that nightclub? Medine, Omar, other? Omar, something. Mm-hmm. What religion was he? No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Shh. When he called in, what did he say? They asked who he was, and he said, um, um, here we go. Let's see here. Please let me find it. Where is it? Oh, so <laughs> summary.
no, no. I just saw Loretta Lynch again. <laughs> yeah. They asked they asked who he what his name was. What's your name? Um <laughs> In okay, what you wearing? Emergency nine one one. This is being recorded. Is that how that's answered? Well, not when I did it. Okay, it was nine one one. What's the nature of your emergency? Yeah. Or so, what's the location of your emergency? Emergency nine one one. This is being recorded. And then Omar, in the name of God, the Merciful, the Beneficial, bracketed in Arabic. Mm. So he said that in Arabic. Okay. The operator. What? Omar, praise be to God and prayers as well as peace be upon the prophet of God, brackets, Arabic. I want to let you know I'm in Orlando and I did the shootings. Operator, what's your name? Omar, my name is I pledge of allegiance to Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi of the Islamic State. Operator, okay, what's your name? Omar, I pledge allegiance to Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. May God protect him, brackets, Arabic. On behalf of the Islamic State. Operator. All right. Where are you at? Isn't that normally the first thing you find out? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, up here. Maybe it's not that way down there. Omar. In Orlando. Operator. Where in Orlando? End of call. Okay. So basically he was saying this. He was supporting ISIS. He was, uh, so I think a reasonable person could look at ISIS, see what they support, see what they do. He supports them. You could make a reasonable extrapolation of his intent. And his intent sounds like, probably, kill homosexuals. The end. <laughs> so I don't know. So when they say stop the hate or whatever. No, disarm hate. Okay, disarm hate. Because he's a hater. He's a hater. Because turns out he's possibly gay. Mm-hmm. Had a gay lover that they had to turn into. Okay, so he <laughs> said that he supported ISIS. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then... Because he said it, they're like, no, 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 <laughs> it can't no, be no, true. no, 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 please stop. <laughs> this is a different ISIS. This, this is something different. It stands for something different. <clears throat> um, yeah. So, so this is one of those examples. This is a clear example of if something doesn't make sense in a certain narrative, then the object is not the narrative. It's whatever they're trying to propagate. Their narrative isn't true. It's just a vehicle that they're using to move things along. <clears throat> and if people would actually stop and think, but people typically don't. So no. much easier to emote than it is to think. Hmm. So, <clears throat> yeah, wow. Oh, you've heard of Shark Tank. Yeah. Yeah. The television show where people go on and pitch their ideas to TV rich people and then yep. they supposedly get deals if they want them. Yep. Or they get mocked and ridiculed. Uh-huh. 
Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. Billionaire, billionaire businessman and reality TV star. Cuban. Said on Tuesday that the presumptive Republican nominee Donald Trump would, quote, get kicked out of Shark Tank so fast it would make your head spin. But if he needs a vice president, I'll do it. Cuban, referring to his popular reality investment TV show Shark Tank, even used one of the real estate mogul-turned-politician's common phrases what? to lob his latest insult at Trump. It's rare that you see someone get stupider before your eyes, but he's really working at it, Cuban said. When he talks about his great renego- renegotiations, their renegotiations, Cuban continued. He then went on to summarize one of Trump's deals, which he's frequently said he used to make money. Quote, so tell me if you think this is a good deal. I lose four casinos. They get out of business. But I'm really good at renegotiating the debt of of his companies that have already gone out of business. And then referring to his very own show, Cuban added that Trump wouldn't stand a chance on his TV show, where contestants present their ideas in hopes that Cuban and others will invest. Here's my question. You think Obama would stand a chance at Shark Tank? Ooh, or Hillary? Holy cow. Well, she took a thousand and made a hundred thousand on cattle futures, so she's she's quite astute. She's an astute business person. Yeah, she also used her State Department credentials to get a lot more money to the Clinton Foundation. Yes, and she also shot uh, uh, brain bullets at uh, what's his name, and he killed himself. So she's she's like an X Man or woman suicided himself with two bullets. Yeah, two brain bullets. Head, yes, right? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So this but that to me is shows an Mark excellent Q- point. That is such an excellent point. I think though probably his point of view though is that Trump is saying vote for me because I'm an excellent businessman. Obama didn't say vote for me because I'm an excellent businessman. Well, so but he, he should say <clears throat> that then. That, that that's another I mean, excellent let's quote point. That if that's his point, let's yes, say that. Yes. There we go. Yep, there you go. You're right. You know when you're right, you're right. And you, sir, are right. That's right. Don't you forget it. Uh, A city councilwoman in North Carolina is walking back an explosive statement she wrote Monday on her personal Facebook page in which she... What'd she do? Okay, this is interesting. I hope it's a typo. A city councilwoman in North Carolina is walking back an explosive statement she wrote Monday on her personal Facebook page in which he said that the most dangerous people with guns aren't criminals, but police officers and soldiers. Probably should be walking Dangerous to who, though? <laughs> Quote, Maybe she meant to bad people and ISIS. Quote, I'm all about keeping guns away from dangerous people, but I feel like more of us should be pointing out that the most dangerous people with guns are cops and soldiers and that the no-fly list and the FBI anti-terror efforts are seriously corrupted by entrapment, racial profiling, and Islamophobia. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) The Post, which was later deleted, no kidding, ignited an online firestorm that resulted in Johnson issuing a, quote, clarifying statement Wednesday. Here it is. I believe that state-sanctioned violence causes more harm and is therefore more dangerous than non-state-sanctioned violence. 
I believe this is true, both because the approval of those in authority and often the general public gives a veneer of acceptability to actions we would otherwise condemn, but also because states have the capacity to spend huge resources equipping and funding people to use force in defense of their interests. Or, as we pointed out a few shows ago, uh, the Defense Department will give them to you in the form of guns, body armor, helmets, bearcats, and the like. Yes. Hmm. We should not ignore these facts or wrongly assume that those who believe that this situation is fundamentally unjust and should not continue using harboring... You not continue our harboring a hatred for police and soldiers, she continued. I certainly find a great many of the actions taken by militaries and police forces here in the U.S. and around the world extremely troubling. And I also respect the humanity of those who do not share this disagreement. But even with that clarification, some commenters were still not satisfied. While your above clarification does hold some valid points, it still doesn't justify your statement that, quote, the most dangerous people with guns are cops and soldiers. That sentiment is in itself as dangerous and unhelpful. Durham, South Carolina City Councilwoman, Jillian Johnson, everybody. hey Oh, did you hear Charlie Rangel? You know Charlie Rangel. Yeah. He's, um, isn't he uh, Chuck Schumer's twin sister? Almost. Didn't he get censored, censured, whatever that word is, on the Senate for being a special? (laughs) For (laughs) for being, you're special. Listen to this genius. And let, where's it at? Here we go. Blong, bling, bling, blong, blong. Charlie, Charlie Wrangle. Gun permitting uh, department over the NYPD, and uh, they're like giving out uh, permits to to their uh, buddies. The the biggest problem we have with New York City police is the blue wall of silence. There's There's just not that many corrupt policemen that put their lives on the line, but there's so many policemen that don't know how to say, not in my police force, you don't do that. And that's the biggest thing we have to get rid of. It's so sad. It's just so very sad. But one of the things that people tend to wonder is that hardly anybody, I mean, getting a New York City concealed carry permit is so rare. And the only people who tend to get it are the very connected, very wealthy, or if you happen to know the right guy in NYPD, he'll uh, help no, you that's out. That's wrong, but... Is she claiming that the New York Police Department is corrupt? Yes. <laughs> I mean, how strange. What a novel idea. I'm glad to hear. Two million people in that police force, is that right? No, like 25,000. Oh, sorry, whatever. You said a lot. <laughs> a few people can get it. We don't need that many guns, and for the, I didn't know that briberies were involved in, in getting a gun, and that is wrong. But overall, if it's difficult to get a concealed weapon permit, I'm glad to hear that. But why is it that only the... Wait a second. He's just learning from this questioner 
that it's difficult? This is a stinking sitting congressman for 30 years, some insane number of years in the House. Yeah, that's right. Representing New York? Yes, he did. He doesn't know? No, he don't. Well, well, that's corruption. Well, and these I don't... celebrities and, like, and, and then the people in your district, a number of them were law-abiding citizens, many of them would want to carry concealed carry. I, mid- I wouldn't want them to have it. I know what you're trying to say. But corruption any... is corruption is bad. Okay, but, like, but, let's but... talk about that for a second. Well, I should say the uh, uber-wealthy who, who have protection, had that protection, but individuals who are law-abiding citizens in your district should not. Let's talk about that. Well, law-abiding citizens just shouldn't have to carry a gun. You know that. So you know we say it like that. that. It's correct. okay. But you're protected by guns all over the place here in the capital. <laughs> it kind of sounds like Louis Armstrong. Well, that's a little different. I think we deserve. I think we need to be protected down here. Okay, thanks. Did you hear that? <sighs> we. The law-abiding people don't need it, but I think we need to be. We deserve to be protected up here with the guns. Because we better than we, them. We deserve. We deserve. We deserve it. We're more equal. <laughs> you huge. Isn't that right, baby? <laughs> huh. I, again, doesn't that, but that tells you something. If he's been elected for however many Years. What hope? Your butt. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh man, you huge. Hold on, let's see if this is a better version. I need to get that. Oh yeah. Look out! I think Moto Moto likes you. <laughs> Here he comes. What is it? I see you around, girl. It won't be hard because you so plump and It won't be hard because you so plumpy. Oh, I love Moto Moto. She loves me. She loves my eyes. She loves me. She loves my thighs. Oh, she loves my roundness. She, she loves that I'm chunky. She loves that I'm plumpy. She loves my heftiness. She loves love my zestiness. She loves love me restlessly. She loves love me forever. Mm-hmm. Is this love me child? Because she loves me. 
Moto Moto. <laughs> Madagascar. What is the hippos from Madagascar? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is Will I Am, I think, from the Black Eyed Peas. Oh, really? Yeah. You, he's got a great, deep, creepy voice. No. <laughs> <laughs> guess, uh, guess what? It's looking. It's looking. No. Like, like what? There's what? A really good Hold on. chance. Hold on! Don't go there yet. Uh, is this the one? What's that? Let's play it for the R and her friends. <laughs> Out on the left coast, baby. I just want to have a little happy birthday shout out to <laughs> Hadassah. Woo! Seven today. My niece's birthday today. Woohoo! Hey! Yes! You did it! <laughs> you, you made seven! Woohoo! Yeah! <laughs> Happy birthday. Hope you had fun. Yeah! You're from, from your friends at the David Allen Show. Yeah! You did it! You did it! And is there a party going on across the pond by chance? We're looking like. Right now. 52% leave. No. How yeah. many are reporting? Do they have that number? Um, That can't happen. There's... It's... We talking about the Brexit here. Oh, yeah, baby. They're saying, guess what, babies? We out. We out. You huge. No, uh, really? It's looking close. Oh, my goodness. What is... What is a good member of the Illuminati going to do when this happens? Panic. When the slaves decide to leave? You know, right now, you're breaking David Rockefeller's heart. <laughs> you're breaking his heart! It's you're a celebration! We go and celebrate. Woo! Brexit! Oh, man. You know, I'm just tingling all over in anticipation to see what happens. Because the lead thing on Drudge is yeah. global order jolted. Woo. UK leaves you. Oh, oh. No way. Oh, my goodness. If this happens, it is either going to be catastrophic, or you might, you might, people might be smelling freedom. Yeah, fourteen million. Freedom! 
14 million nine hundred ninety-eight or ninety-eight thousand six hundred fifty-three votes to leave currently. Thirteen million one hundred eighty-seven, one hundred sixty-seven thousand eight hundred fifty-six to remain. They say they have fifty-seven results left to declare. Oh. Uh, England, England is England. eleven million. Eleven eleven point eight million to leave, ten point three million to stay, Northern Ireland, three hundred forty nine thousand leave, four hundred forty thousand stay. Scotland, one million eighteen thousand to leave, one million six hundred thousand to remain. Wales, eight hundred fifty four thousand to leave, seven hundred seventy two thousand to remain. England is pushing it over. But wow. still, there's a gap there, though. But Ireland is pretty sure it's like their counting's complete. They're remaining, or they they vote to remain. Counting complete. In Scotland, they vote to remain. Wales complete. They vote to leave. I think statistically, though, it's probably really difficult to uh, overcome this. I mean, at this point, I think a lot of uh, a lot of people would be calling calling it as inevitable but <clears throat> wow you know i just had an idea what we got to do <laughs> uh on election night we got to do a whole election oh, like, night like, like six bam, or eight you bet <clears throat> yeah that'll be fun well b- breaking 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 news from the bbc.com oh counting have they given still in still under not yet not yet BBC forecast UK vote to leave EU. There it is. 71% voter turnout so far. Oh 40, my goodness. The electorate, 46,501,241 are the electorate. There's a 71.7% turnout already. Uh, 21,388 ballots have been rejected so far. Wow. The This, this will have global impact. Wow. You know, then this is going to have to kind of uh, change my opinion a little bit. Yeah. That the Illuminati <laughs> is all in control unless this is they're spinning it. They're using, they take all these things and they use it to their advantage, which of course they do. But is this going to really set them back or is this going to move them forward? You know? When you're given lemons, make lemonade. Something. Is is the Illuminati going to make a big batch of of uh global lemonade? So let's go to your prediction that you sent me this morning. This afternoon. This morning. This morning. Seven thirty nine AM. Did I do it this morning? <laughs> This from David. I forgot to do this yesterday, but okay, I thought I would yeah, do it prior right. to the completion of the Brexit vote. <laughs> this was the prediction. He predicts, David over here predicts, there is no way that Britain will leave the EU because there's no way that the powers that be will ever allow a fair vote. That's still possible. It's still possible. But it's but... looking less likely. Yeah. So then I have to take the new data. Because I have certain axioms that I believe 
that are not necessarily um i'm i'm cognizant of it enough to know that uh that they're taken by faith with me and one of them <clears throat> is that there's a cabal of very powerful people behind the scenes that are running the shows duh <laughs> but this is one of those things i haven't quite decided yet how how powerful they actually are. Is it just a bunch of people that gather like-minded people and and promote uh, like-minded people to positions of power and authority to move things forward? Is that the kind of power that they have? <clears throat> um, and is this one of those things where people that I uh, underestimated the ability of people to uh, kind of not just go quietly into the dark night. Or to revolt, perhaps? Or at least... At some level? At least, like, no, I'm not going to do this. You can't Stamp make me... Stamp their feet? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, like, you know, a mule or stick their sit, feet down or sit down. Or sit in on the Congress floor? Yeah. Well, I mean, if this... Uh, if Well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, you Okay, I was going to make some comment about the uh about the mascot of the Democratic Party. But anyways, um there you go. Sorry. <laughs> it was um uh Alan sent me a a photo of them on the, on the floor, and each one with little nookies in their mouth, or whatever they call What do they call them? Pacifier. Pass a binky. Yeah, they're binkies in their mouth. It looked really funny. Um, it looked so real. Yeah, and it did. They did a really good job. Um, so this is, this is going to make me uh, maybe uh, a tad bit more optimistic. Mm. You mean that people and, might actually be willing to... that. Yeah, that people will be pushed so far, and then oh, to the breaking point. Yeah, mm -hmm. where they'll they'll be able to see that. Um, uh, well, one or two things, in my opinion, it's either optimistic or people are. It's showing that that people will only be pushed so far, and if if they have a way to to strike back, they will. The second option is, is option number two is uh, exponentially more pessimistic, and that is um, when uh, people have nothing left to lose, they lose it. Mm. If the Illuminati has nothing left to lose, are they willing to go the nuclear option or do something crazy to bring everything down? Well, who was it? Was it Mao? <clears throat> Mao that said. In order to control a population, you have to eliminate, what, 20% of them? Now that probably sounds something like him. So, to force control, if it came to it, maybe? Yeah. But in other news, do you remember this? Yes! From several shows ago? Yes, I was going to bring this up. Go ahead. <laughs> Did you read... Four hours ago, the British Broadcasting Company reports 
that Led Zeppelin did not plagiarize the opening chords of the rock epic Stairway to Heaven from the U.S. band Spirit, a Los Angeles jury has found. It said the riff Led Zeppelin was accused of taking from Spirit's 1967 song Taurus, quote, was not intrinsically similar to Stairway's opening. Whoa, it's pretty close. But it said Led Zeppelin singer Robert Plant had access to Taurus. Stairway to Heaven was released in 1971. The case was brought on behalf of Spirit's late guitarist Randy Wolf. That's interesting. Uh, we bring, we bring, we bring this case on behalf of this dead guy so he can get reparations. During the trial, defense lawyers argued that the chord progression is in question was very common and had been in use for more than 300 years. Wow. That's a funny... Wow. So then they plagiarized it from somebody older? Or... I mean, who was... <laughs> do you know what I mean? I mean, somebody oh, came man. up with it and then everybody plagiarized against that person until we got to Led Zeppelin and then... At some point, everything will have been played. Yeah. I mean, there's a good chance it already has been played. So can you even copyright any music? That just it seems insane. Yeah. I... Sorry, that chord, that G to the C and back to the A there, that was mine. I came up with that. Yeah. I think, I mean, don't you, um, the hardest, the, the worst part about this not the worst, but <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it's been 45 years and they're bringing it up now and the dude's dead I know, on behalf of him. <laughs> he behalf. died, but on behalf, you know, if he was still alive, he'd be wanting to do this. <laughs> we had a seance the other night and he says, you know what? Go ahead. What the heck? <clears throat> um, the other thing, since this is a civil trial, there's a difference between um, uh, uh, with a jury in a criminal child, it has trial. Criminal you know, child, you know that too. <laughs> criminal trial, you have to be uh, convicted uh, beyond reasonable doubt, whereas in a civil trial, it's a preponderance of evidence, mm. so that there's a lower threshold of um, in order to convict them. Hmm. So, <clears throat> so yeah, huh? That's interesting about Led Zeppelin. There is some news. Uh, let's AIDS. Let's see. As Donald Trump prepared to meet with hundreds uh, of top evangelical leaders Tuesday, that his AIDS annoys me. His AIDS were given the daunting task of trying to get the Republican presidential candidate up to speed on some basic biblical history, turning to a method. They knew would connect with Trump on his level. They reportedly dusted off an old flannel graph found in the basement. <laughs> of a local church to give the real estate mogul a quick primer on key Bible stories. Quote, this guy right here, he's Moses. He parted the Red Sea. An aide is said to have slowly explained putting up the felt likeness of the prophet as Trump blasted a liberal on Twitter on his phone. Mr. Trump, are you listening? Yeah, Moab, got it. Great guy, Moab. One of my favorites in the New Testament. 
Trump declared while still <laughs> looking at his phone, according to sources. <laughs> As he was still looking at his phone. The aide then reportedly moved on to other well-known Bible stories, such as Jonah and the great fish, David and Goliath, and several of Jesus' famous miracles, carefully telling the stories while illustrating the narratives on the colorful, attractive flannel board designed to keep the attention of even the youngest child. Quote, got it. Jonah swallowed a fish. There was a giant shepherd boy, and Jesus went around in Iraq yelling at people, Trump reportedly said. There's really not much to this theology stuff. I'm great at theology. The best, really. Don't know why people think it's so hard. At publishing time, Trump declared he was ready to address the gathering of evangelical leaders, prompting aides to join hands in a prayer circle and beg God for mercy. <laughs> this thank you to the Babylon Bee, everybody. So, this, oh, uh, yeah, humorous. Um, I, I have a funny story about the Babylon Bee because we all know that it's satire, I think. Um, but I have a funny story. But this is the David Allen Show. At DavidAllenShow.com. On Facebook at David Allen Show. We're on the Instagram. Nothing up there, but we're there. David Allen Show. <laughs> but email us, David Allen Show at gmail.com. And we'll be right back. With traffic and weather on the 8s. Facebook, because why not, right? Yeah. What else is there to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, you were saying? Yeah. I gotta find it here. <clears throat> uh, s- someone that I am friends with okay. posted a link to a Babylon B article, and I'm scrolling for it because I didn't know we we're gonna go here, but I'm gonna go there because it's funny. Oh, brother, where'd it go? 
And so I commented because it was funny. And everyone commented because it was funny. And of course, I feel like a dork now because I don't see it. My self control. Uh, I think we talked about it. It was, uh, the church tech guy completes the historic perfect service. <laughs> yeah. Hitting yeah. all the cues and great stuff. This is back the end of May. When yeah. this all, we, we, it came out and we talked about it. It was hilarious, funny. Anyway, uh, I, I posted at one point. I said, an example for us all. Someone else posted, haha, the very elusive perfect service funny <clears throat> then some lady chimed in y'all know this is satire site right so i snarkily said what is there nothing can that can that can be believed anymore what does this internet thing come to all lies and then this person wrote back nothing is sacred anymore So, from what I could tell, is she must have thought that we thought it was true. Huh. And based on well. straight visual aid, uh, looking at the profile pictures, this is not the youngest of people, so that might... And not old, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying old person, but older than myself, I believe. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I thought that was humorous, to say the least, because I don't normally get into these things anymore. I some people don't I travel look in at sarcasm. face bag. No, they don't. I look at it, but I have kind of ceased commenting mm-hmm. because there's no there's no point. Yeah, I don't see any point. You know, every once in a while I get like just the other day I saw I saw somebody posted something about I don't know, gun rights and gun control or something. And I started typing. <laughs> you said, nope. <laughs> and I was like, what am I doing? I All I'm going to do is tick them off. Yeah. And <clears throat> people don't post stuff on Facebook because they, they want uh, their mind to be changed. They post it on Facebook to... To change inf- your mind. Yeah, to inform you right. on why How you're wrong. wrong you are, you stupid yeah. moron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and that's <clears throat> that's the thing. Um, I've been uh, reading a lot of stuff on apologetics, and uh, and it is it is so obvious to me, and and politics and whatnot. It is so obvious to me that um, people fundamentally are uh, are biased. That they that. Um, like when it comes to uh, to believing God and and following the Bible and whatnot, <clears throat> um, that it takes the Holy Spirit to draw people and open people's minds to things, because otherwise it's just not going to happen. And you and nobody nobody is convinced. Uh, if you win an argument, you change nobody's mind. Now, occasionally, there's some person here or there who was actually listening and 
But people are so invested in what they believe that it is. Well, so Scott Adams' point was. Yeah. Which is it's very true. Yeah. I was thinking I, I used to have this uh, this lab, mm-hmm. and um, it would get really skittish. Um, and if it got scared, it would drop and pee all over the floor. So one day with my son, I was kidding around. I don't know. He did something, and I had a uh, wooden spoon in my hand, and I and I and I raised it up like a, in jest, like I was going to, you know, pop him on his on his butt or something. And when I did it, the dog was like on the other side of me. And when I did it, it immediately dropped, peed all over the peed floor. All over the floor. <clears throat> and uh, when Scott, Ad- when you were reading about Scott Adams, I thought that's kind of what it's like it's like i'm not saying that one side is a dog and the other per- one's a, a human <laughs> but i could sit and i could point to the to the wooden spoon and but every time i raised it it would pee the pee on the and i could say there's nothing wrong i'm not going to hurt you but it doesn't understand mm-hmm. me right right and so it's always going to attribute everything i do to uh, me wanting to i don't know right so <clears throat> What's this? Is this uh, The Hobbit? Mm-mm. Uh, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. <laughs> you just rattle them off. I just did, though. <laughs> is it one of those? Come on, it's it, it's fitting. The Brexit vote. Oh, is it uh, uh, with uh, Mel Gibson? No. Mel Gibson? I, you know where he's... Freedom! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Braveheart. Braveheart, no. yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Who, what is it? Who is it? Remember, remember. <gasps> oh, V for uh-huh. Vendetta. Uh-huh. Yeah. Was that Guy Fawkes Day? Yeah. I thought it would be fitting. Ooh. Yes. As London falls. <clears throat> As London falls. <laughs> Mr. Anderson. <laughs> Same guy. Same guy. Yeah. 51.6% to leave. Oh, it's going down. 48.4 to stay. See, that's the thing. It's 85.3% reporting, though, so far. Yeah. It's going to turn it around. It, it, oh, it probably will. Your initial thought will probably. The Rothschilders. <laughs> They're are not going to. I mean, they got to make their trillion somehow. They're not going to work like the slaves. I don't remember this part in the mo- the song from the. It's the. I think it's the. Is it the final theme? When the train the is going to get blown blown so. up under the... Huh.
that's what they're gonna feel when they're no longer part of the the you. Yeah. Well, you can cry me a river. Cry me a river. I cried a river over you. Well, it's official. LeBron James will not play for Team USA in the Rio Olympics. Soccer? <laughs> LeBron James informed the USA Basketball that he would not participate in the 2016 Olympics in Rio de Janeiro. In August, citing the glut of court time, he's logged through six consecutive trips to the finals. Because I'm so good... And I don't care about our country. James agent Rich Paul, which is a funny name for an agent of a rich guy, <laughs> informed Team USA Managing Director Jerry Col- Col- Colangelo Thursday of James' decision. I could use the rest, James told Cleveland.com. James' decision could signal the end of his prolific Olympic career. He's 31 has already won two gold medals and a bronze in three Olympics with Team USA, as well as a bronze in the 2006 FIBA World Championships. See, that's ridiculous. There's no way that uh, a U.S. team should ever get anything other than gold. That is a good point. The fact that he got they got bronze at one point. Yeah. Who beat them? Who is gets good? Nobody should be. Yeah, it should What's, be. It Serbia? Probably, yeah, it was probably Serbia or something like that. At 31, James is now a three-time NBA champion, having just led his Cavs to their first title Sunday night in a rigged... Oh, no, no, I, that, that, was, I, that just came out. That's not part of the story. He is the first player since Bill Russell in the 1960s to lead his teams to six consecutive finals, and no player has played more minutes than James during that stretch. Over his 13 NBA seasons, James has played 46,861 minutes. Over the past six... It's 21,666 NBA minutes, with another 330 for Team USA in 2012. So he's not going to do it, because <clears throat> he's so selfish. One thing they didn't talk about, they didn't blame it on Zika. Oh, what? Hold on a second. Are you sure? A source close to James has a, said a desire to rest his body from the last championship run and prepare for what he hopes is a second one for the Cavs is his sole reason for not playing for Team USA. Items such as the Zika virus, political unrest in Brazil, or the fact that James had already played basketball in Rio when the Cavs traveled there in 2014 were not factors. Really? Then why did you bring it up? Exactly. And that is, sorry, that's the news no one cares about because no one likes LeBron James. No one? I don't think so. Mm. Nah, whatever. Although, he's got an official website. That's interesting. Oh my, wow. Okay. But he doesn't have a rap album. Nope, that's just Shaq. Shaq, he has one? (laughs) Oh yeah, he did. Alan Iverson. Um, No, LeBronJames.com. There are four LeBronJames.com, or four four LeBrons at this website. One is the man. Another, another is the philanthropist. And yet, the businessman. And 
along with those three, LeBron James, the athlete. So, LeBron is a man, a philanthropist, a businessman, and an athlete, apparently. Huh, who knew this? How about just a human being? You know, you would think he would be. Mm. Just a kid from Akron. James, it's just, it's good enough to just be a human being. Huh. When you overachieve like this, you make other people look bad. Are you overcompensating? It's called ratings for the NBA. What is? Oh, LeBron. Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Well, <clears throat> bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. That's right. <clears throat> President. <laughs> yeah. You know, if the Brex, if, if Britain can, can choose to, to get out of the EU, maybe Donald Trump has a chance. Huh? That the dawn is breaking. Nigel On Farage, everybody. Nigel Farage, the UKIP boss who has so spearheaded the UK's departure from the European Union, addresses the Brexit faithful at a referendum party. He said, let's listen. United Kingdom. This. This, if, all, if the predictions now are right, this will be a victory for real people. He clarified it, or he quantified it. People. A victory for decent people. For ordinary people. Go get him, Nigel. We have fought. We have fought against the multinationals. We fought against the big merchant banks. We fought against, against the, the United politics. States. We Obama. Corruption and deceit, and today, honesty, decency, and belief in nation, I think now is going to win. Here, here, Nigel, here, here. Hey, bully. <laughs> and we will have done it. We will have done it without having to fight, without a single bullet being fired. We'd have done it by damned hard work on the ground by people like my friend Mr. Banks here. Chidio, chidio, chap. And by people, and by people in the Labour Party and the Conservative Party and UKIP and of no party who've taken part in this campaign. And we'll have done it not just for ourselves. <laughs> we'll have done it for the whole of Europe. The whole of them. The how? This failed project and leads us to a Europe of sovereign nation states trading together, being friends together, cooperating together, and let's get rid of the flag, the anthem, Brussels, and all that has gone wrong. Good, good, good. Go, Nigel. Get rid of Brussels. Get them out. Let, Let June the 23rd go down in our history as our Independence Day! 
I just had a thought, though. He's also calling for David Cameron to resign immediately. Well, good. <laughs> What's your thought? My thought is, is there going to be a horrific war now? And they're going to look back on this day. And blame that? The same way they looked on the uh, assassination of the Archduke oh. uh, um, in World War One. Hmm. Are they going to use this in one way or another as a pretext? And going to go all in on globalism. <clears throat> I think that's probably the biggest thing that um, they need to be uh, keeping, you know, be very vigilant. You know what I mean? There are <clears throat> some people saying that the government over there will do their best to argue that it's a non-binding vote. But how... Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... I mean, both directions would have to be non-binding, I assume. Yeah. Oh, oh, we vote to stay. Oh, that's binding. We vote to leave. Oh, that's non-binding. Yep. That, well, that sounds about right. I mean, that, that's that's kind of the voice of liberality. <laughs> yeah. It's the voice of the Democrats. Oh, you didn't see the fine print. Bummer. <laughs> so special. Well, uh, you know, gold's going crazy. I did find it fascinating that the weather was, like, bad over there today. Mm-hmm. Lots of rain and flooding. I mean, they showed pictures of inside of polling places that were flooded. <laughs> like, water in the building. Could they maybe have... Um, Harp? Created the weather. Harp? <laughs> or tried. Harp, you say. H-A-R-P? Yeah. Do you know what that is? Uh-huh. It's a uh, secret underground weather machine, yeah? Or above ground. They had, above ground. <laughs> they, had it, uh, they had it in uh, Alaska. While Harp and weather control has been called a conspiracy theory by the mainstream media and government officials, during a Senate hearing on Wednesday, this is 2014, David Walker, deputy assistant secretary of the Air Force for Science, Technology, and Engineering, dropped a bombshell. In answer to a question, where to go? Asked by Lisa Murkowski in relation to the dismantling of the $300 million high-frequency active auroral research program in Gakona this summer. Walker said this is, quote, not an area that we have any need for in the future, and it would not be a good use of Air Force research funds to keep HARP going. We're moving on to other ways of managing the ionosphere which the harp has really was really designed to do. He said to inject energy into the ionosphere to be able to actually control it, but that work has been completed. Hmm. How about that? To control ding, it. Ding, 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 ding. So what does that mean? So either he's a big fat liar, or it's true. Well, both could be true, but... You mean him being big and fat? You know, so why uh, do you have was, to start fat shaming him? I know, I know. Uh, 
Well, well, well. It looks like this might be the end of our crazy. Outrageous. Yeah. You never know. This is the David Allen Show. David Allen Show. Dot com. We're on iTunes at David Allen Show. <laughs> you can tell a friend. <laughs> tell a friend about this. You can show. tell them anything. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any questions or comments, you can always send us a note at David Allen Show at gmail.com. Or money, <laughs> <laughs> or money. That's fine. That's what. That's 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 okay. all right too. You can um, s- send us a link. Send us an invoice. Send us a payment. <laughs> we actually should set that up. Routing number. Give people a much more easy option to actually give us cash. <laughs> Instead of just saying, just do it. Come on, we gotta we gotta do some work, huh? Really? <laughs> I mean, you know what? <laughs> can you use this word? I'm not quite sure what it means. No. <clears throat> Oh, man. Next week, it'll be episode 21. 21. 21. Old enough to drink. Yes. Uh, thank you for listening. If, you, <laughs> if there's anybody. <laughs> if anyone's out there. Uh, sorry, we kind of dwelt on this um, Orlando issue a bit. Eh, a little bit. Not enough. Not too much. No. But the Brexit. Oh, my goodness. It is, it is a little shocking. At this I mean, point. to me, it is. So we'll, we'll know ne- by next show, we're going to know. We're going to know also, for sure. Also, come back next week because we should have a From Ground Zero report. Gay Pride Week is in San Francisco, and we have a reporter on the ground yeah. there. So yep. we should have a pretty fascinating report coming yep. next week, uh, episode 21. Yep. Of the David Allen Show. We'll have that uh, for you. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy, money. Crazy. <clears throat> They're going to say crazy stuff. Crazy, money. But if you've lasted this long, thank you. <laughs> You're a saint. <laughs> Indeed. And once again, happy birthday to Hadassah. Woo! Yeah, bingo, she did it. bingo, bingo, bing, 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 even, bing, even bing, Trump, bing. Trump, bing, bing, bong, and bong, Hillary. Bing, bing, bing. Oh, why not, Bernie? Get in there. <laughs> All of them say happy birthday. <laughs> Hope that doesn't ruin your night. Yeah, just did. <laughs> DavidAllenShow.com. Toodles. Have a good night. Yes. <laughs>